Hello there, folks. Welcome to episode 59 of the SoCo Show. This is your co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHo Seth Ott. Yeah. Mm, indeed. And, uh, yeah, episode 59 is here. we got a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we had a pretty fun weekend. Yeah. Pretty fun weekend. Went and visited some friends over in Madison, Wisconsin. Mad town. Hell of a city, Madison. Always have a hell of a time when we're over there. Um, got some good food, got some good beer, had some laughs. It was pretty good stuff. Yeah. You're, I think you're leaving out a few details. You had more fun, I think, than anybody else uh, at, at a karaoke bar <laughs> that we spent our Saturday night at. And let me tell you, if you're listening at home, if you you have not lived until you've seen Seth sing Michelle Branch, because this was an event. Well, that's not even the best one. Oh, it, it was the best one for me to watch. Um, but the best thing to be a part of was absolutely when we got on stage you and I and sang some Creed. Yeah, the Cody, Cody and the Codettes. Cody and the Codettes <laughs> hit the stage, and uh, we sang easily the best uh, Creed song that there is. And that's actually audio directly from, <laughs> directly from the stage. Uh, most people don't know this, but Seth is actually a spitting image, a perfect replication of the lead singer of Creed. Scott Staff. We got a lot of a uh, lot of compliments. Seth got a lot of phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you can still get phone numbers for um, singing Creed you in can. 2018. Who knew? <laughs> hey, it's a panty water. I want to see if we can get the video, though, of you just absolutely living with Michelle Branch's, uh, what's the name of that song? Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can get that video. I know it's out there. <laughs> oh, my God. It's incredible. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening out there, you're having as good a time uh, as we did over this past weekend. Well, there's there was one other thing that uh, was, was kind of... I thought we were going to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> I might have been living while singing Everywhere by Michelle Branch, but Cody was truly living while trying to eat a root beer float from A&W. So if you're a, a root beer float connoisseur like myself, um, then you might know that there's an interesting pressure dynamic that <laughs> happens when you put ice cream and root beer in the same cup. And so I, I, I receive my root beer float from A&W, which is the best place to get it. And it's, it's root beer in the cup and then ice cream on top. And it had made some sort of weird seal. And there was some ice cream poking out the top of the dome lid, dome, <laughs> dome lid like you're used to getting. And I decided to, to use my mouth all to get the ice cream off the top. Yeah, he's an eager beaver. I was an eager beaver and I paid dearly because when I did that, I think I fucked with the pressure of the whole thing. <laughs> and basically the foam from the root beer started to come out the top and it's sort of like volcano overflowed <laughs> down the sides of the cup it looked like a third grade art or science project yeah it was actually pretty sweet and so now i'm trying to mouth up all of the foam <laughs> before it overflows and i thought maybe it'd go on for a couple seconds and i'd mm-hmm. get it all in my mouth and that'd be fine it went on for a good minute and a half <laughs> i could not keep up with it i had a mouthful of ice cream and foam the girl who works at nw saw the whole thing yep and I then I was laughing and couldn't continue to eat the foam and ice cream, so I had to hold it outside the car. Yeah. <laughs> so that it would spill out onto the ground. <laughs> this this woman, she initially saw that it kind of started to come over, so she you know opens the, the drive through window, hands us some napkins, and then she sees that Cody's continuing to struggle because he's soaked through all the napkins. <laughs> so she gives him a cup, and the cup barely holds it all. But uh, yeah, he lost pretty much uh, three fourths of a root beer float on the floor. Or on the uh, on the, the pavement, so 
It was a fucking nightmare. And mm. I was all sticky. My hands were sticky. My whole body was sticky Gross. that day. Because on the previous night, I had spilled a bug juice, <laughs> which uh, there's a camp-themed bar at uh, in Madison that we went to. And you can get a Capri Sun with alcohol in it. And they call it a bug juice. And I dropped mine and it spilled all over my pants. So my legs were already sticky and my hands were now sticky from just mishandling drinks <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. So that so hopefully you had as much fun as Seth did singing and you got as sticky as I did. Good God. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of sticky things, let's start the show like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So, uh, Cheeky uh, gave us a little more insight into his his flavors this week and things he enjoys, his tastes, so to speak. Uh, some guy named Jamar Neighbors, I don't really know who that is, but he's verified on Twitter, said, hey, cucumber and water is borderline trash. And so Iron Cheek had to uh, had to put give his uh, two cents on this one. And he said, you said it perfect, Jimmy Bubba. Fuck the cucumbers. <laughs> I also enjoy, though, that this guy's name is Jamar, and he called him Jimmy. Does he think that that Jamar Jimmy is short for Jamar? He might. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't. That is. I will say that's a hot take on cucumber water because I think most people like it. I like it. You ever had it? It's fine. It's pretty good. It's refreshing. I don't know, and it makes you feel somehow better about yourself in a way that I can't really explain. Yeah. I guess because it's a vegetable. It's probably true. That's probably true. I do. I just found out I have video of you singing Seal on my phone. Oh, good. Oh, good. Maybe you should put your phone away. <laughs> and uh, we'll take a look at that one later <laughs> after the end of the show. Tell you what, if if you if we can get the Everywhere Michelle Branch video of you, then I'll let you tweet that video. Well, no, the, my, your video is way less embarrassing. Oh, well, thank you. I, you mean because I'm an incredibly gifted singer? No, because I was rocking out like I'm fucking the, the guy from Sesame Street and the Oscar. <laughs> Oscar in the trash can. Yeah, yeah, I actually did look a lot like that. Mm-hmm. But you you did sound miraculously like Michelle Branch, though. I did. So it was good. Uh, we're still in the middle of the Chic Tweet segment, so let's wrap that up. Uh, hot takes on cucumber water this week in the Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box, and it'll take you to the site where you can get 30 days of Audible and... Your first audiobook for free. Free! So make sure you get out. Oh, this is going on for a little while. Is that it? Free. Okay. Uh, get out there to the site. Uh, get yourself a free book. Uh, you've been going through a, a book series or a book uh, lately that you've liked, right? Yeah, almost done with it. Uh, one second after, which is, uh, yeah, I definitely like it a lot. It's it's really intriguing. Kind of slow to get into at first, but uh, basically... There's kind of like a nuclear war, EMPs go off over the atmosphere, and all hell breaks loose, essentially. It's very, very, uh, very rooted in real life, uh, what the author wrote. Uh, he, he wrote a report, he used to be in the military, of what he thought could happen if this this very realistic potential could happen. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see kind of how society breaks down. I would definitely, definitely recommend it for anyone, because it's... It's kind of eye-opening to realize what people rely on. You know, even if the power goes out for 20 minutes, you're kind of like, oh. But imagine not knowing if it'll ever come back on, kind of what what you would do. Well, all I know is I would die in 10 minutes. <laughs> Someone would murder and eat me. 
and I would have no way to stop it. <laughs> maybe in like a month that would happen. But yeah, maybe I don't know. I I, I don't think I'd want to survive without the internet because then we couldn't podcast. That's actually how the world would end. Everyone would just end it because they can't listen to the dulcet tones <laughs> of the so and co-host. Yeah. It does sound like a good book, though. And it's called One Second After. Mm-hmm. There, and you, it is a series. I think there's like one year after and something like I don't know. But uh, I, yeah, I've only listened to the first one so far. Well, there you go. It's a book recommendation from Seth. Make sure you hit up audibletrial.com slash SoCo and you can get that one for free. Let's get into some news, and we'll start in video games. Video games. Whoa. So a couple, ah. piece, ow. <laughs> couple pieces of news here this week. Uh, one that seemingly came out of nowhere, at least for me. Uh, we got the announcement of a new service coming out from Microsoft and from Xbox, and it's called Xbox All Access. Have you heard about this? Mm-mm. So this is, it's going to seem crazy, but I swear to God, it's real. <laughs> Microsoft has put this out themselves. I swear to God, it's true, man. It's, it's true. So this is two things. One, it's a subscription service for Xbox. And two, it's a rent-to-own Xbox program. Okay. So what you do is you can get on and you can pay, I believe it's $21 a month or $35 a month, depending on if you want the Xbox S or the Xbox X. Um, So in the case of the Xbox One X, you pay $35 a month. Mm -hmm. That gets you an Xbox and... Um, it gets you Xbox Live Gold subscription, mm-hmm. and it gets you Xbox Game Pass, which, uh, if you don't remember, is kind of the Netflix for video games, right. where you can play for free. Uh, well, for your monthly subscription, you can play a, a big mm-hmm. library of games. So it gets you all three of those things. You pay the $35 a month for two years, then you own the Xbox, and then you just have to re-up on your subscriptions. So Weird. This is, 35 gets you all of that, which it is a value. Yeah. It does save you some money, and it prevents you from having to put down $400 up front. It's a good idea. For your um, for your Xbox One X. I've considered this. Um, it is a little bit limited, a little bit tough to get at, because uh, it's only going on for a limited time, and you have to go through the Microsoft Store, mm. which there aren't a ton of, in order to get this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I initially read this and was like, I don't know about this, but the more I think about it, the more sense I think it makes. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't break the Xbox... You I'm know, sure there's some sort of insurance involved too. Yeah, yeah, I would bet so. But this is this is a thing that I think a lot of people should and will take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do something like this? For sure. If there was a PlayStation one, I, I would definitely do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it just saves the upfront cost. You get a lot. In, I mean, even if you even if you did, you know, like you said, the if it included the the online in there with it, like that, even that's you know that's sixty dollars, seventy dollars a year, depending. So mm-hmm. I mean. You know, that right there, say, you know, you're getting a value with that. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. It works. It's essentially with the Xbox itself, you're paying a zero interest loan for mm-hmm. two years is, is kind of how that works. So you're, you're saving on the upfront cost. I think this is Xbox really jumping into that subscriber culture that yeah. our generation seems to eat up. Oh, yeah. You know, one monthly fee for everything. You could never buy a game. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, thirty-five. You could, you could, you'd have ga- enough games to never want to buy one. Mm-hmm. You can still go buy one if you want to, but you would never have to. Right. You know, you could just play what's on Game Pass and be plenty happy, at least for the two years. Get the upgrade without all the upfront costs. I really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I still have the regular Xbox One. Uh, I'm considering trading it in if I can get a hold of one of these deals. I think, I think it'd be really sweet. So mm-hmm. that's for the folks that want to check this out. It's Xbox All Access. Uh, I'll link to. Uh, I'll link to the the website where you can check out the details on that. But yeah, thirty five a month for everything you could want Xbox, mm-hmm. sweet deal. Yeah, 
One game we got coming out a week from when this drops, September 7th, uh, Spider-Man PS4 comes out. One you can't get through Xbox All Access. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they have already announced before the game comes out that there will be DLC coming out just a few months after it comes out. Uh, October 23rd, uh, there'll be a Spider-Man DLC that'll have, I think, three new missions, some new um, side quests, some new challenges, some new suits. So... They already got the plans to drop the DLC, and they said it's the first of the DLCs, so it sounds like there'll be even more. It sounds like they're going to be adding a lot of value to the game afterwards. Uh, I'm sure they'll they'll probably pester me to buy the DLC when I go get the game, pick up the game uh, next Friday. But uh, yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's interesting, and and so they did announce that the actual game itself, if you don't do any side missions, if you don't do any, um, you know, extra shit that it'll be 20 hours to complete the game. So Wow, it's a pretty good-sized game. It's a long game. Um, I mean, most of the Spider-Mans that came out back in the day were like six hours at mm-hmm. most. So I'm glad there's going to be a lot of val- there's gonna be a lot of value to it in there and the DLCs. I know you're not a normally fan of the DLCs, but with it being extra missions and hearing all the stuff they put in it, is this something you could get down with? Only because it's Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I still hate DLC. Just make the whole game, in my opinion. Um, this is one... Since it is Spider-Man, I want the most Spider-Man possible. So even if it's delayed release, you know, my fandom in this case trumps my hatred for DLC. So I would get all this. Uh, is there the option to get the season pass ahead of time that includes I'm, all DLC? I haven't heard anything. I'm assuming there is. But think about it this way, too. And especially it makes sense for Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man in the comics and the movies and, you know, cartoons, when he's defeated the big bad person, there's always another one. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it makes sense for them to do it. And I don't I, I don't I don't think it's a matter of just complete the game because they've put years into this game. I think mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, kind of well, A, making money and extending the life, but also just giving people more, you know. Yeah. And as you say that, I'm thinking, okay, I could see for a superhero game like this and it's Spider Man, I could see a little more episodic feel mm-hmm. every six months to a year they put out a new bad guy that you gotta go beat mm-hmm. or whatever. I I can understand that. Hitman is doing a similar thing mm-hmm. with its uh its reboot right now. Um I don't hate it as much as I do typical DLC. Mm-hmm. I, and especially hearing that it's already twenty hours out of the box mm-hmm. and there's that's plenty of game if you don't want to get the DLC. I might opt for the season pass. Um, I in, definitely in will like if, if they offer it to me. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, more Spider-Man is better for me, but it, it doesn't change my mind about DLC, mm-hmm. but I love Spider-Man more than I hate anything. So. Sure. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for video game news this week. Let's jump into our one word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. Seth has brought to us three wacky ass news stories and he's going to summarize them in one word. I'm going to choose one based on that one word and we're going to talk about that a little more in depth. But uh, even the ones we miss will be available via links in the description box. So make sure you check out all of those. Seth, what are our words of the week? The three words are lemons, driving, and gravy. (laughs) I'm going to make this quick. You know I got to go with gravy. (laughs) All right, so lemons. California man busted with 800 pounds of stolen lemons. Hmm. So you can take a look at that one. That's a lot of lemons. It's a lot of lemons, Cotton. (laughs) We'll see how it plays out. Driving is Batman driving Batmobile pulled over on Ontario Road, and he's driving the... uh, the like the '90s Batman from the movie, the Batmobile from the movies. That is my favorite Batmobile. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go read that one for sure. And then gravy is 
World Gravy Wrestling Championships make a mess in Britain. Oh my god. <laughs> gravy wrestling? Yeah. Is it like hot chicks and gravy? No, it's it's dudes. Oh. Um, compe- I bet it's gross dudes. <laughs> Competitors plunge into a pool of gravy Monday in Britain to grapple in the World Gravy Wrestling Championships. <laughs> a video recorded at this restaurant in Sac- Stax- Staxsteeds, Lan- Lancashire, England. Whoa! Apparently this uh, article has... <laughs> has Sound ads? Yeah. Uh, in Staxsteeds, Lancashire, England, shows men and women... Oh, there's women too. Grappling in a pool partially filled with gravy. Many competitors chose to wrestle in colorful costumes, including at least one President Trump impersonator. <laughs> of course. It's an annual event to ra- to raise funds for hospice care. Oh, well, that's really nice. Yeah. Was there a winner? Is there a champion on this? It didn't say. Oh. Um, is this like country gravy? Like sausage gravy? Or is it like, you know, beef gravy brown? Hmm, I'll take a look at the video. There's a video on this one, too. So um, it's a pretty, pretty decent sized pool. It definitely is brown gravy. Oh, yeah. This girl isn't bad looking. She's uh, shaking her butt. And the, but wow, they're, the other girl is, oh my God. You gotta watch the video. <laughs> we gotta get to this video, folks. Oh, she just slammed her. <laughs> I can't see this because you're across the room from me. But as soon as we're done, I'm hitting that link. Bet your ass. You might, might want to watch it before bed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of gravy then. God, Gross. why do you make me? I have to make that joke, you know. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to. Uh, well, things just took a turn for the gross here in, <laughs> in one word summaries. You heard the gravy story. If you want to hear the driving story or the lemon story, again, make sure that you're hitting the links in the description. But this has been one word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. Back to the news from the week, and we're also going to wrap up our divisional preview this week in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. I think uh, some of the biggest news of the week in sports comes to us from the NFL uh, superstar wide receiver, I think is a fair way to put it. Odell Beckham Jr. from the New York Giants has finally inked an extension to his contract. He's been trying to do that for about two years now. And you may remember Beckham from his freak catch uh, a handful of years ago, which has been memed and put just fucking everywhere. And it's the only thing if you could not watch football and know what catch I'm talking about. And Beckham is now the richest wide receiver in NFL history. He has signed a deal for, I believe it was a five-year extension. Uh, that's going to pay him in the neighborhood of 17 to $18 million a year, um, which is higher than, uh, Antonio Brown's, uh, previous, record deal uh, that was signed. So Beckham gets his cash money. He's healthy. He's getting ready to go into the season. Uh, two questions for you, Seth. Do, does this make you like Beckham and the Giants more going into this year? And two, do you think he deserves that cash? Um, I don't necessarily think it makes me like them more or less. I think it's just, you know, he got he got paid and, you know, he got what, he, what, he, what he's been fighting for. So I think it's obviously good for him and it's it's hard to say whether, I mean, it, that's completely deserved or not because, yes, he's been a freak, but he also has missed 17 games in his in his career so far. So it's hard to say whether I think he should be the highest paid player, wide receiver in NFL history. But, I mean, good for him. A lot of people weighing in on how where they think he ranks in terms of all-time wide receivers. Um, a lot of people think he's kind of overrated, which I don't really believe. I think that at the very least, you have to say that this guy's tracking for a legendary possible yeah. best ever career. And maybe it's just too early to tell. It's very early to tell. I mean, he's a young dude. I think he's 
He's like 25. Yeah, very, really young. He's still got probably six more prime years left. And he's like I said, he's missed 17 games. And it's you can't you can't say. I mean, if someone were to say he's the best NFL wide receiver in history, I would say no. <laughs> but if someone say, says that he's overrated, I also say no because you just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Let's say he. If he does, you know, miss another season like he did, and he misses another sixteen games or whatever, then I think you can say potentially overrated because I think injuries and health plays a part of it. Look at Jerry Rice; mm-hmm. he played pretty much his entire career. I don't know if he missed, how many games he missed or if he missed any. It wasn't a lot. Um, I th- personally, I think he's the best wide receiver in NFL history, and he, you know, he's an Iron Man, and he also put up the numbers. Mm-hmm. Is he as a physical freak as Odo Beckham? No, but he was. He was. You know he's perfect at what he did, so mm-hmm. um, it, it, I think it's I think it's way too early to compare those things. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how his career shakes out, uh, and he's got job security there in New York now. I, as far as the eye test goes, it'd be really hard for you to convince me he's not at least in the top three uh, to five all time just watching the guy. Mm-hmm. But again, you gotta you know you gotta have so a many career. Factors, yeah. You gotta have a career, and and you know there's a lot of like you said factors that go into what makes you great. So time will tell. Um, but I'm excited that he's going to be back on the field this season. The NFL's better with that guy like him out there, and uh, really excited to see what they do this year. Well, speaking of contracts, one contract I know you'll be kind of happy to hear about. Ooh, don't tease me, Seth. Um, of course, one one storyline that has been followed all summer is the Aaron Donald uh, contract storyline with the Rams. Of course, the Rams have been signing up players like crazy right now with big mm-hmm. contracts, and They've been really working at getting Donald signed. Sounds like they're getting pretty close uh, with some terms already kind of being discussed. Sounds like not their years haven't been discussed yet, but $22 million a year with $80 million guaranteed. Okay. So that's that would easily make him the highest played, paid defensive player in history. He'd make more than Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you hear that contract, what, what are your thoughts about that contract? Do you think he's... Do you think he's worth that contract? Do you think that that's too much for a defensive player? Um, I think with Donald, there are a lot of things to consider here. One, he's still very young. Mm-hmm. He's still on his rookie deal. If you look, if it's a, if it's so, you said twenty-two a year, eighty mil guaranteed. Yes. That makes me think at least you know maybe a four, five, six-year deal or so. Um, he's barely thirty at the end of that deal. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. He's still very tough, and he's a guy who doesn't really get injured. Um, he's a physical freak. He's always in the gym. I think mm-hmm. he will have a long and productive career mm-hmm. as long as he avoids any like crazy ass knee injuries, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. I say pay him. Um, a lot of people and myself included have been very skeptical about the Rams and their uh, salary cap situation mm-hmm. for the next few seasons. But actually, even with his deal, they've still got a shitload of calorie space or salary cap space. <laughs> they can have lots of lots of cake if they want. Well, yeah, it's a Sunday for them. <laughs> So even if they get this done, they're still going to have room. They've still got, they've got golf will be the next, I think, big deal Mm -hmm. that they're going to work on. They've got uh, Brandon Cooks, young, hot receiver, locked in for years. They've got Gurley locked in for years. Mm -hmm. Let's lock in that defensive anchor in, in Donald. And then um, they'll have a a good unit, you know, on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. uh, paid for, for the next handful of years. So if they're healthy, you're looking at a Rams team that's great for the next handful of years. I like this deal. I think he deserves the money. I think, again, longevity and time will tell but the eye test for this guy mm-hmm. i mean he's one of the best defensive players we've seen in a long time mm-hmm. not since not since the really really great jj watt years have you seen someone really jump off the screen yeah like this when you watch him so i i'm okay with it and even if it wasn't my team 
um, and their superstar that they're locking in, I mm-hmm. think that he's deserving of it, and I'm glad to see him. I, I, I'm hoping they get this done in time for him to be out there week one. I, I agree that the Rams should lock him up. I I do. I, it does worry me with there's not a good history of defensive tackles getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have the I have Albert Hainsworth deal that was 110 million that wasn't didn't have as much guaranteed on on it, but that was that was a huge contract and he sucked right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince Wilfork kind of had a similar situation. He was still pretty productive, but and then Sue is another example. Uh, Sue was a a dominant beast in Detroit and was good in in uh, Miami. So mm-hmm. I, it, uh, I, I think the only thing that's different here is that Donald's staying yeah. with the Rams and he, he knows, I think that's part of it is he knows the system. Yep. He, you know, he, he has the familiarity he has. I mean, I think that that makes a world of difference here. Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- I do think Donald is a much different player than those guys. Um, Donald is, is, I mean, even though he's more of a physical freak, I think, cause he can, he's fast, strong, all that. Um, he's, he isn't as big as like Hainsworth was fat. Yeah. You know, he was like 320 pounds and Sue is not a small guy either. I mean, no. he's, he's up towards 300, I think too. So, um, Donald's just a much different player. And I think, I do think in the end, the only way that that contract will be worth it is if they get a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that at the end of the day, he's like you said, he's the anchor, he's the center center centerpiece of that team. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, this gets inked and we can lock it in as a story next week. But mm-hmm. um, you know, what however it is, they got to get him out there week one. I think it's important, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Rams in just a second. But I think he's a pivotal part of mm-hmm. of what they have going forward. So hopefully, hopefully, what what is rumor now it becomes fact um, between now and our next show, episode sixty. I did have one other, speaking of, not really contract talks, but something just came up right before um, we started. Right before? Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily breaking news, because it's not like huge <laughs> news, um, so I wouldn't classify it as breaking news. Okay, fair. I know you got really excited to hit the sounder, <laughs> but, um, you know, one one contract that's been talked about quite a bit is the Le'Veon Bell contract situation. Um, he is, they're not going to sign him again. He's He has the franchise tag, but it sounds like he'll be showing up to, to camp or i guess technically practice on monday so he'll be back with the team on monday so he will likely be starting week one so for anyone who plays fantasy or is a pittsburgh steelers fan Le'Veon should be out there he'll be available week one that's welcome news another one of those guys that the nfl is better when he's playing yeah you know you don't want to see a guy like that hold out so and this is exactly what he said he was going to do right he said he would show up for practice but not not before mm-hmm Right. Um, Because he does have to burn off the last year of his contract. Otherwise, or he does have to burn off this franchise tag or he won't be able to leave Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. like he's been talking about. So, um, yeah, it'll be good. One of the really interesting players going into the season, you and I, just before we came on, uh, we're talking a little bit about him. So Mm -hmm. uh, good that he'll be out there. Good that he'll be out there for sure. Well, let's get into the fourth and final installment of our division previews. Seth, the, the NFL is back in a week. Mm-hmm. We are going to have the preview next Thursday, and uh, before we get into that, though, we still have to, uh, we got to talk the AFC West and the NFC West, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now that I think that at least one of the Super Bowl teams comes out of these two divisions, uh, but maybe two, maybe two, and you may be surprised to, to hear who I think the second might be. Um, let's start in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's done a lot of changing in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, we are far, we are a few years removed from those dominant D- Denver teams. Um, you know, in the past we've seen Oakland kind of surge and then fall way back. Uh, the Chargers I think are coming on very strong, and the Chiefs are in a pivotal time right now. Mm-hmm. 
where uh, it's a changing of the guard at quarterback. So out of these out of these four teams, who do you want to start with? Who who intrigues you the most going the most, into this season? The most is the Chargers. Uh, they, I think they're. I don't think a lot's changed with them. So say I mean they they lost some they lost a guy like Hunter Henry who's a, a pretty key role but I do think they're gaining some guys and guys are getting more experienced guys like Mike Williams who's the second year wide receiver from Clemson who barely played last year so all all sounds out of camp are saying that he's a freak mm-hmm. and I remember watching him at Clemson and he was just jumping up making these crazy catches and just being you know a freak he's like six four two hundred some pounds but he runs he runs pretty fast. So he'll he'll be fun to watch. I think he'll he'll make up for that red zone loss with Hunter Henry gone. Of course, you got Melvin Gordon, who has been a very solid running back. Keenan Allen, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Philip Rivers is still out there. You know he's he's doing his thing, slinging the ball. Potentially, Gates might be coming back. They haven't signed anyone yet, but that's kind of the rumor. Uh, that's what all, everyone in camp was saying that likely he'll be back. So uh, might have that connection still. But I think the offense will will be better. Hopefully, it, the, their issue is just staying healthy. Mm-hmm. They've always been plagued with injuries. They got to stay healthy. So, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they they improved all, quite a bit last year in defense. Uh, I know they already they did lose one of their corners. I think Verrett uh, is his name. They lost him uh, in in camp. So that kind of sucks. He he's one of the better corners. But they they did they did have some good rookie uh, corners last year. Uh, they got a, a good they got. Uh, Ingram, Melvin Ingram, and uh, for in the lineback in the linebacking spot they got Joey Bosa uh, for the for the end. So I think they're they're a pretty stacked team. Man, that guy Bosa is fun to watch. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that kind of jumps off the screen at you. I think this defense is much improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the loss of of Verrett is, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this offense I think is loaded. I think if that team stays healthy and Rivers plays as good as he always does, mm-hmm. Rivers is never anything but good. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they have bad teams around him, but. I really, really love this Chargers team. Uh, I'm gonna spoil my, you know, <laughs> w- what I was gonna say. Uh, I the Chargers are gonna win this division, I think, easily, uh, and get a home playoff game in that sad ass thirty thousand seat soccer <laughs> stadium that they're playing in. And I think they're a dark horse team, a little bit of a dark horse, um, but not an unpopular pick to go all the, to go to the Super Bowl this year. I think that they are as I think they're as complete a team as your Pittsburghs, um, as your Patriots. They just don't have the well-named coach. Mm -hmm. So if this team stays healthy, I think they're as talented as those teams and they could surprise a couple teams and get in, um, come January. So they are, they're a team that I'm going to be rooting for this year. Um, I think they're the second best team in LA. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I am actually, I'm really excited. I'm going out, uh, to LA to watch the Chargers play the Rams, uh, I believe in week three. So very excited for that game. I think they match up really well. Um, I love the Chargers a lot. Um, I have for a while. I, I always tend to root for them because I always want Philip Rivers to get into the playoffs because mm-hmm. he's got one of those Dan Marino type careers where it doesn't, you know, right. it's not really a Hall of Famer unless he gets to a Super Bowl at least or if he wins one. Um, so it would be good to see him kind of make that leap. Um, I love the Chargers. I think that another team a lot of folks are talking about is the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I think they're, um, for me, they're the biggest competition for the Chargers in this in this division. Um, but it isn't even; it's a pretty even division because mm-hmm. um, you can add Oakland in there. But let's talk the Chiefs next. Uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes coming in. Uh, they traded away Alex Smith this year. A lot of the rest of the team is staying very close to the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the addition of Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. coming over, kind of that top end speed guy on the offense. 
uh, Kareem Hunt, who has been a who's been really good the last couple seasons. Last season, he was um, rookie. Last he was year. a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, had a really good year last year. He's back. You have uh, Tariq Hill, who's one of the fastest guys in the fucking league. He mm-hmm. screams. And this guy Mahomes is really good for that because you've been hearing reports of him out of camp and out of these preseason games, <laughs> in in game throwing seventy yards, eighty yards in the air yep. to Hill, and they're connecting on those throws. Mm-hmm. So that should fucking terrify any defense. No one's going to be keeping up with that. Yeah. Um, if this guy Mahomes is any good, then the Chiefs are going to be really tough. I think they're 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 almost certainly a playoff team. Maybe you think about the wild card if they don't get the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all does depend on Mahomes, don't you think? Offensively, yeah, I think. I mean, that that's. I think he's going to lean on Hunt quite a bit. Mm-hmm. With I think Hunt's going to get a lot of work, I, but I do think the connection with him and Hill will be very important, and also Kelsey. I think Kelsey will be kind of the middle of the field blanket. I forgot for him. all about him. He's a beast. Yeah. Travis Kelsey will be a good blanket for him. So I mean, Mahomes is in a, about the best situation he can be offensively. Um, maybe other than the line, which is which is fine, but mm-hmm. so you know, it's it's. It's in a pretty good. He's in a pretty good spot, and he's got a lot of weapons to work with and, and kind of lean on. So, got guys he can take a shot with, when, and and Watkins and and Hill, of course, and some guys in the middle of the field. So, uh, I think the defense is kind of the question mark because last year they're through most of the season they were ranked like thirtieth, which is a very much step down from what they have been in the past. So, um, we'll see if they can get it together. Of course, they should have Eric Berry back this year. And uh, they did lose Marcus Peters though to uh, to your Rams, so yeah, they did. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see with the the Chiefs. I think it. I think honestly, their success comes down to their defense. And if even if their defense can be middle of the pack mm-hmm. and their offense can perform super well, there's just a lot of question marks. There really, there's there really is a lot of question marks with this team. They could be. They could like you said. They could be real tough and win the division, or they could end up last. You know. So you just, you just don't know. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to be on a lot this year just because of some of the storylines. So we'll get to see a lot of them. Uh, Of course, friend of the show, Dan, is a big fan of them. So I'm sure we'll have to shit talk them every time they lose. (laughs) No doubt about that. Uh, Andy Reid, of course, legendary coach, uh, still at the helm. So that obviously gives him a shot at the playoffs, just having him Mm -hmm. on the sidelines. Uh, Another legendary coach, John Gruden, making his (laughs) return to the NFL uh, back with his Oakland Raiders after like a 10-year hiatus where he was working for ESPN, which is where we grew to love him. Hi, man. <laughs> and uh, Oakland brings back uh, Derek Carr. They bring back Marshawn Lynch. Uh, they sign Jordy Nelson on the offense. Uh, doesn't seem like this Khalil Mack guy wants to play on the defense <laughs> very much. Um, but I, I, I like a lot of the talent on Oakland. Uh, you got to love John Gruden coming back and coaching. Um, one of the, A lot of people consider one of the great football minds right now. Mm-hmm. Um but it just seems to me like the window for them is so wide. They could be anywhere from shitty to awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you have them on that scale? I have them closer to shitty okay. right now. Uh, I do. The offense is very interesting to see, you know, kind of what they do. You know, the past few years, they've been a very sling it, you know, gunning type of offense. Gruden, tech, you know, t- traditionally is more of a, you know, kind of ground, ground and pound focus on one receiver type of guy so i think that about that bodes well for like amari cooper who Mm -hmm. i think is a very talented wide receiver i've thought that for years he just kind of had kind of the case of the drops the last few years few years years and not being targeted very much i think that'll change this year i think also lynch he last year he didn't get a ton of work but towards the end of the year he was the the selling point for him was that he was 
his yards after contact was was pretty pretty good still you know mm-hmm. about what he averaged for his career so I think he's still got some some juice left in the tank uh, offensive line has kind of dropped down a little bit from what they have been one of the best and the best in the league two years ago it was still the Cowboys then but yeah Raiders are close um tight end position they got they they got uh Jared Cook there again um we'll see he's he's always been kind of mediocre but a decent you know middle of the field sometimes and then of course they michael crabtree is not there anymore but like i said they have jordy nelson um not sure how i feel about him he was very very mediocre last year when rogers was out and to me what that says is i think he's the reason he was so good for the last couple of years probably is because of rogers mm-hmm. so it can Carr, you know, get that out of him? Who knows? We don't even know what type of quarterback Carr is at this point. Not really. One year he's an MVP candidate. The last year he was atrocious. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you just you just really don't know. Another case where I think this team goes as the quarterback does, mm-hmm. and that really is kind of this division in mm-hmm. summary. Uh, you know, I think I think the Chargers maybe um, would be able to withstand a little bit lesser play from rivers i mm-hmm. think they can make for make up for it in other areas but for the raiders and for the chiefs i think a lot of it's going to hinge on those guys mm-hmm. denver's kind of an afterthought here yeah kinda. um you do have case keenum coming in mm-hmm. that's kind of a, it'll be interesting with him as the starter mm-hmm. the guy that they want to be starting um a little different from minnesota last season uh i don't know i mean we'll see they're a young team they're just kind of not really any names um, on this team, you still have Von Miller on the defense. Of yeah, course. and an offense offensively, you still have Demarius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, I guess. Emmanuel Sanders. They drafted a, a young guy too. Names escaping me right now. So they have some weapons. Um, actually, they're they they drafted a running back who who's looking pretty impressive right now, Royce Freeman. Uh, who who I I think is I think he's going to be good. I think the the problem with Denver with their running game is that they don't stick with a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, last the last couple of years they have C.J. Anderson and another guy, C.J. Anderson and, and well, they had last year. They had him. They had uh, Booker, Booker, and they had Charles that yeah. they were just all over the place with. So I think if they go with this Freeman kid who's looking good, um, I think their run game will be better. I think their offense is going to run more efficiently this year. I, I like Keenum for that offense. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think, I think he's. I mean, he's better than Simeon, and you know, and uh, so Brock you. Osweiler, and <laughs> and uh, Lynch, Paxton Lynch. All three of those guys are garbage, and. Trevor Simeon's on the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so that shows you how much I like him. But I, I think Keenum is, a, is an improvement. I think the offense will actually be much, much improved this year. I really do. Uh, defensively, they did lose Aqib Tlaib to yeah, your Rams. <laughs> um, man, they're just poaching the AFC West, huh? Yeah, they are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they still have Harris, who's, who's been good for years now. Uh, Von Miller, like you said. So I think the Broncos are, I think... They, they'll fight for third place in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of where they'll end up. Yeah, this uh, as as is usually the case, I think it's a, a relatively even AFC West. I think Denver is going to sneak up on a couple teams and, mm-hmm. and win a couple division games that they probably shouldn't, probably against the Chargers. They love to lose games they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talk about the Chiefs and Chargers and Oakland all playing each other twice in this year. This division is going to be an interesting one. Um, but I really like whether it's the Chiefs or Chargers, and I think it's between those two. I really like whoever comes out of this division mm-hmm. to go deep into the playoffs and really compete with uh, with Pittsburgh and, and New England and and Jacksonville, um, whoever you know, maybe Houston, whoever it is you have. Um, but I, I really like this division. It's always competitive and fun to watch, and we get to see a lot of it because mm-hmm. the late games because they're out west. Um, for me, it's the Chargers uh, is my pick in this division. Do you agree? 
I agree. I, I don't have the same optimism in terms of Super Bowl or, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, they'll make the playoffs of the win division, but I don't think they're that that up there yet. It's kind of one of those things like it's like fool me once, mm. shame on you, fool me 5,000 times. Because <laughs> like every year they've been like, oh, they're the dark horse this yep. year and like never it's panned out. So they're well, the West Coast version of the New York Giants to me, who I also yeah. every year I'm high on. Yeah. Sam this year, too. Yeah. You're not um, the only one. A lot of people are always like that with the Chargers. So mm-hmm. it uh, I, I don't I just think there's other teams that are more talented than than they are um, or just have better are more talented in certain areas. I think the Chargers as a whole are pretty they're pretty good all around. I just don't think like if they were to go up against a Jacksonville, I think they'd have a tough time mm-hmm. defensively. Um I think if they were to go up against the Patriots, I don't think they're going to keep up with them on offense or the Steelers, especially too. They're not going to keep up with them on offense. So um, they might, you know, sneak in and win a game, few games in the regular season, but when it counts in the, in the postseason, I think it'd be hard for them to pull that off. So I just want a home playoff game mm-hmm. at that stadium. What, I just think that's going to be hilarious. What'll probably end up happening. It'll be a home playoff game. They host it and, and uh, they play like the, the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Cause the, you know, something like that where they're the wild card, but yeah. I just want to see how expensive those seats get because there's only 30,000 yeah. of them. I bet you they're going to be insane. Now, everybody's been waiting this entire time, Seth, um, to talk about... I see how we finished with the the West, the NFC West, huh? Of course, yeah. you got to save the best for last, and, and we are going to do that. Uh, so as, as we talk through the NFC West, um, let's talk about the garbage basement. Um, well, not garbage basement, I wouldn't say. Um, the rebuilding team in this division... Uh, I think there's two of them. I think Arizona is mm-hmm. going through a little bit of a rebuild. They bring over uh, Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. They draft Josh Rosen. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's still around. They get David Johnson back. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of optimism maybe to be had on that offense. I think this defense is not what we've gotten used to seeing mm-hmm. in the last few years. So they're figuring some things out. Um, is the, Are they to you – what do you what do you see out of this team? Is there anything worth discussing about Arizona? I mean, of course, David Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's a freak and I, I'm excited to see him back. Well, you know, kind of like we said to some other guys, the NFL is better with him in it because he just he just makes some crazy plays and really fun to watch runs right? over people, runs past people, runs through people. I mean, he's 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 fun. It's one uh, of those guys that you a lot of guys in the NFL, if you can touch them, you can tackle them. <laughs> not that. Yeah, easy. not David Johnson. <laughs> um, Larry Fitzgerald is a guy I always like watching, too. He's just, you know, the most. He's probably the most consistent receiver in the NFL. He's he rarely drops a ball, mm-hmm. runs perfect routes. He's not as fast anymore, and he's not the jump ball guy anymore. But he's he he's super consistent, you know. And he's he's going to be. I think it'll. I think him and Bradford will be kind of fun to watch. Bradford, I don't really trust a whole lot, just because sure. just because he you know he he still has the knee problems. I mean that's not going away. Um, the reason he didn't play last year is because he has some sort of knee issue that's not been surgically fixed. You know, he just rested all last year, and I, I don't think that's just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Rosen, Josh Rosen, yep. as as the rookie. Uh, a lot of people had him as as potentially the number one pick for a lot of last year, and I, I do like him. I, I don't know if he'll, he'll be ready to play yet, but I think he, if he sets a couple of year, year, year or so behind Bradford, I think he'll do all right. But, yeah, like you said, defensively, there's not a whole lot to write home about there. They got they – got, uh, the honey badger, mm-hmm. and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot there, but I think offensively they'll be a little better this year. I mean, they did did also they have some really fast guys. JJ Nelson is a guy that for years has been just one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, they also drafted Christian Kirk from from 
A&M, I think, is where he's from, Texas A&M, and he's, he, you know, he's a fast guy. He's he's kind of like the successor, it sounds like, to, to Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald. So we'll see. I, I think that might be a more interesting team. Uh, could Again, they're a team that I think could fight for third in, yeah. the, in the division. I like them going forward. I think I think they want to sit Rosen. I don't think they mm-hmm. think he's ready from what I'm hearing coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a team, I think, if you're looking two, three years down the road, maybe they get some draft picks in there, they're more mm-hmm. competitive. But this isn't their year, I don't think. Right. Um, I think that Seattle is going through a, also a rebuild, but a weird, different kind of rebuild. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have Russell Wilson, who's a stud. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Pro Bowler, you can put that down now. Yeah. Um, but this whole team has just kind of fallen apart around mm-hmm. him. Uh, Doug Baldwin stays. Mm-hmm. Um, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess mean, they bring back Jimmy Graham from last year. No, he's with the pet, pet, uh, oh, Packers. Oh, fuck, you're right. He went to the Packers. Yeah. Okay. so it's They might still have Luke Wilson there. Russell Wilson, uh, <laughs> Luke Wilson, and uh, Tyler Lockett's still Baldwin. there. Okay, uh, I, I do like him. I think he was drafted as a first rounder. He's never really proven himself a whole lot, but I think you know he now he's getting a shot to be the guy. You know, for years he's been stuck behind some guys like Paul Richardson and Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham. You know, just some other targets that have had more more share and opportunity. I think Tyler Lockett has shown flashes, and I think he might be someone to look out for. Um. I think they have a decent backfield. I like Chris Carson quite a bit. He showed he's a guy who showed flashes for a good stretch last year and then broke his ankle, hmm. tried coming back. Uh, they also drafted a guy in Rashad Penny who's a physical freak. He's he's a little bit bigger than Cream Hunt, a little bit faster than Cream Hunt. Not as good as a pass catcher, but um, a, you know, a guy like that who could be a surprising you know rookie potentially this year. Offensive line is still garbage, so that's not good. But. Uh, yeah, and Russell Wilson does give him a shot to win games at all times, but that defense is going to be not good at all. Hmm. Um, they've lost pretty much everyone but Earl Thomas, and Earl Thomas doesn't want to play there. <laughs> so um, we'll see if he even, he even plays. They're they're just that defense. They're going to have to score points. They're going to have to score lots of points this year. I think they're going to be one of the. I think they're going to go to be one of the worst defenses this year. To be completely honest. Yeah, that's. Uh, I wouldn't be so surprised. Russell Wilson is going to keep them in games. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get them to at least six wins. I think everything on top of that is gravy for them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but another team that they're kind of looking down the road. Right. Um, not really this year. Uh, you talked about the Legion of Boom kind of separating. Richard Sherman has a new team. Mm-hmm. He's part of the San, Francis- San Francisco 49ers now. A team that a lot of people are really excited about this year. Mm-hmm. Are people talking too much about the the 49ers? Or is your optimism, is your optimism along with a lot of other people's I, I i'm optimistic in a way that i i've seen them kind of in my eyes being at most a nine and seven team and at worst like a seven nine team i think there's a pretty small you know margin there that i think i think they'll be very much improved from last year i think that they'll be very i think they'll be competitive in all the games they play I just I I don't think they are quite there, especially on defense. Offense, I think their I think their offense is going to be pretty damn good. Kind of a scary offense. Yeah, they I mean they they got uh, of course Garoppolo was great. Five and uh, was a starter. Yeah, they had uh, they they signed Jared McKinnon. I think is a good fit for that offense. Not the best running back in the world, but I think he's a really good fit for what they want to do. Uh, they have George Kittle, who's a good young tight end. Uh, he's a rookie last year. He's got a good rapport with Garoppolo already. Uh, Pierre Garcon is back. Uh, they and then then Marquis Goodwin, who was a freak the, at the end of last year, who was a big reason. He, I think he had a hundred yards in every game he played mm-hmm. at the end of last year. So, and at least a touchdown in every game. So, I think offensively they're going to be a, a really really good team. Defensively though, there's still a lot of holes. Uh, they lost some guys too. So, I think 
in a couple years when they you know get some defense, I think then they're going to be a scary team completely. But I think this year they're going to they're going to upset some teams. I think I think they're going to and potentially the Vikings week one. <laughs> um, I think because they've done it before. God damn it! They've done it to the Rams too. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think I think they're going to upset some teams. I think they're going to be very competitive in all the games they play. I just don't know if they quite have the talent to pull out those last-second wins. And they did it last year, but the last-second wins they did last year were against, like, the Bears. They were against bad teams. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I'm excited for them, though. One thing I will say uh, on behalf of the Niners, though, is they get to play a last-place schedule, mm-hmm. or at least a third-place schedule. They might end up passing Arizona last year. But I don't remember. They get to play a shitty schedule. Um, so they've, they'll have some easy games and I think they'll beat up on some teams. Mm-hmm. I think they'll beat the teams they should. Um, and then, you know, like you said, nine and seven, 10 to six, 10 and six, maybe is kind mm-hmm. of their ceiling this year. Garoppolo though, has really yet to give us a reason to not believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of this team, who knows? I mean, you know, there's a lot of variability here. There are some names that we recognize, especially if you pay attention to fantasy football, mm-hmm. but not a lot of real star power here. So it's a lot of guys that are yet to prove themselves, I think, or, or that are going to be eager to try to do that this season. Right. Um, I think that the Niners would be very exciting and would be the story of the, this division if they didn't share this division with the L.A. Rams. <laughs> who are and, they? Uh, so the L.A. Rams, uh, who are they? There's a long list of, of who they are. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a team. Overrated. This is a team that got to, um, I think they were 11-5 and five last year. Mm-hmm. And won the division for the first time in a long time. Sean McVay, a very exciting young head coach, uh, going into his second year, even though he's like 24 years old or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, an offense that was the number one scoring offense in the league uh, last season after having been the worst the year before. So McVay is doing his thing on offense. Um, they bring back Jared Goff. They bring back Todd Gurley, who's got a new deal. They bring back Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Um, who were a really good tandem last year? They do lose. Um, they do lose Sammy Watkins, but they bring in uh, Brandon Cooks, and they signed him to a long-term deal. So that is an exciting, scary, and fast offense. Um, who I think is really going to put up some points again, coming off the season where they were number one. No reason really to not be optimistic about them again this season. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, they are fucking scary. <laughs> um, just the, really just by name recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talk about uh, Donald, who we talked about a second ago, if they get him signed and in week one, uh, and Dominic Sue was added. Mm-hmm. You have Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib um, on the corners. This is a, a, a defensive secondary that is stacked. Mm-hmm. Like the weakness of this team is along the defensive line and especially in the outside, sorry, the outsides of defensive line mm-hmm. uh, and in the linebacking core. Yeah, middle of the field. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're going to be able to attack the Rams, it's going to be with a really tough running game. Mm-hmm. And it can it can be tough to win a game um, if you can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. But a really good way to defend against the run is to score a bunch of fucking points. <laughs> so I, I'm obviously a Rams fan. As everyone knows, uh, that's no secret. But even as objective as I can be, this is a team that is the most talented, I think, in football. Like, across across the board on average, I don't think there's a team that's more talented than this team. I love Sean McVay as a coach. Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator, is a legendary defensive coordinator, and they've got all that talent. They should be a great defense. Um, if the offense is half as good as it was last season, they're going to go deep. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I can think of that's going to stop this team from winning at all is that they're kind of young. And mm-hmm. Goff is still young. Goff could make some mistakes. Right. He really didn't last season. He was he was excellent last year. Mm-hmm. He really he didn't lose any games for him last year. Um, that is the hole that I see. And 
experience maybe could come in and, and, and shake this team up, specifically on offense. On defense, they've got a shitload of experience. They're actually kind of old. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not even going to dance around it. They're my pick to win the Super Bowl. They're my pick to win the division. Um, and I, yes, I am a fan, but I also don't think I'm very far off. <laughs> Do you want to tell me I'm wrong? Um, I, I think they're definitely up there for, for my, for, I think, uh, I think a fun Super Bowl would be the Patriots and the Rams. <laughs> I would have loved the last time that happened. I was not happy, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't mind it. And it, and it that hurt. would be hard for me to watch know, because you know boy, how much I love my boy TV. You're more Tom Brady, but I think that'd be fun to watch. I think, I personally think like, okay, Marcus Peters is awesome. I personally think Akib Tlaib is, is not anywhere near as good as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that trade and that name is a little bit more of a name trade than it was talent. Um, I would the, say, but now he gets to guard the second. That's true. Yeah, I, and I agree, know, but he so was doing that. He was doing that in Denver as well mm-hmm. with Chris Harris being the top guy. Yeah. So, and Denver's defense was not very good last year. I, so I, I personally, and I keep to leave has also worked with Wade, with Wade Phillips in the past too. So I, I think, I think Peters and Joyner, I think that secondary is going to be improved from last year. Do I think it's the best secondary in, in football? Not necessarily. Um, Jacksonville, I think would be, they'd have something to say about that. Yeah. And I think Minnesota is going to challenge for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Smith Rhodes, they have three, they have three first round, four first round picks in the secondary. <laughs> Plus they just signed, they just signed another one this week, not a first rounder, but um, so I, I think, I think that's, I think that that's kind of semantics though. I, I, as a whole, I, I, I agree that the Rams are probably as a whole, the most talented team. And, and, and again, that's a lot of player name, but they they were very talented last year. They they were very impressive. So it uh it it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting with the Rams. I think uh I obviously am worried about that game we're going to <laughs> in terms of uh in terms of the, the Vikings chances on the on the road, but But I will say I am incredibly confident that the Rams will win that game, and you know how that always turns out for me. <laughs> That's, well, that, you've had that confidence every year and especially years it wasn't warranted when they've had <laughs> shitty teams. <laughs> So, they this is the best team that you've seen them play, mm-hmm. uh, that you've seen play see them, seen play in person. So, yeah, I I think that I I think and I think I honestly the Eagles have come down for me a little bit this year. Uh, so like this 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 off season, and I I kind of put I kind of put the Rams in the NFC above them, um, just with the Eagles losing some players and Carson Wentz not probably not going to play the first couple weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So. I, I I think they might have a little bit of a hangover. They have a tr- they have a tough schedule, so I think the Rams are in a good position to take that top spot this year in the NFC. I'm more concerned um, about the Saints. I think that what they've been able to do in the yeah. run game is just matchup wise for the Rams. Talking about the Rams specifically, yeah, Kamara. I mean, we saw it last year. They ran right by him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. So I, I think that would be a tough. That again, that would be a really fun NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So don't let the Vikings in an NFC Championship game. They're not fun to watch. I was gonna say, and I, I don't, <laughs> as I, I, will, I will shit on the Vikings every chance I get, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect them. Uh, they're also a very good team, and I, I think a good matchup um, against the Rams, specifically what they can do on defense. If they could slow down the Rams' offense and run the ball well on the other side, that would make a tough. I think mm-hmm. a really tough matchup for the Rams. Really excited for that. I, I, I'm I'm very excited about the two football tickets I have this mm-hmm. season to see the Chargers and the Vikings, mm-hmm. um, both in LA. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're gonna go all the way. So 
everyone else should just quit playing. Uh, All right, well. And I'm I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna make a sound clip right now, and I'm gonna save it. Okay. And I'm gonna play it for you. The St. Louis. <laughs> Sorry to say the St. Louis. Rams. Saint, yeah, the St. Louis Rams. St. <laughs> Louis Rams haven't won shit. The today it is it is August twenty eighth two thousand eighteen. I'm telling you right now, the L. A. Rams are gonna win the Super Bowl in February in Atlanta. The L. A. Rams are winning the Super Bowl. You can put that on the fucking board, and I'm gonna sound clip this, and I'm gonna say it every week, and that's what's gonna happen. There you go. All right. And I will go a step further. Um, I'm gonna ask you to do the same in just a second. I've been giving this some thought. I am going to double down on what I said earlier, and I'm gonna say the Rams beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl this year. Do you have a Super Bowl pick? Probably the Cowboys and Bills. <laughs> You're the worst. No. Um, I probably have to agree on the Rams, to be honest. I think they're going to get past, past those teams. Uh, Rams and... I say Rams and Steelers. Okay. Let's see, let's, see a, let's see a shootout of all shootouts. I just... If that happened, if it was Rams and Steelers, take the wide receivers off the field... And just give it to Gurley and give it Gurley to Bell and, Bell and see who's better. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. That would be really cool to see. Yeah. Well, uh, you heard it here, folks. Seth thinks that the Rams will win the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm going to sound clip you, too. And and we'll put you I in. I didn't say they'd win the Super Bowl. I'd say they'd be in it. Oh. Do you want to pick a winner? Yeah, the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. Um, we, uh, we've completed now our, our series of, of talking through all of the divisions in football. We'll, we'll keep an eye on the NFL all season long. Uh, maybe we'll do a little pick game or something, uh, have a little friendly competition throughout the season. Maybe we can put something like that together. Um, so, uh, keep an, keep an ear on the sports section of the show and we'll keep up with the NFL. Maybe, maybe occasionally give you some fantasy league updates. Um, just so you know, my team is going to win it all in that too. It's going to be a good football year for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really looking forward to that this season um but let's move on from the nfl talk and we got to talk a little bit of tv that's what she said tv we are going to have an addition of the tv corner in just a bit it's going to be a triple corner um but let's get through some news first Uh, i think maybe the biggest bit of tv news this week uh big bang theory is going to be coming to an end. It's been announced that this will be the final season for Big Bang, so it's going to be ending next year. It's got like 14 fucking seasons, um, but this news seemed to have com- come out of nowhere. I've never been consistently a Big Bang fan. Uh, I don't think you really have either. Oh, not at all. But at the very least... I find that show annoying. One of the, one of the longest-running shows, at least currently, but probably of all time, finally coming to an end, so worth mentioning at least, uh, Big Bang going into its last year here. Yeah, apparently what I've heard actually a little bit more about it. Uh, Jim Parsons couldn't agree on the money, mm. and he's just been kind of burned out from it. So um, when he couldn't agree on the money, no one else could, and just said, all right, we're done. Hmm. Contract ended this year. so Makes sense. And they've got enough time to bring it to a logical conclusion. So Yeah, they have an entire season to do that. And also, they're going to make an ass shit balls ton of money on uh, syndication. syndication. So, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> they're still they're on TBS right now. I would bet any amount of money they're right now on TBS. TB, TBS, ABC, like they're on all of these networks. Mm-hmm. Like they play them all in like late night or 5 p.m. before the news starts, like all that stuff. So one of the places that you won't find uh, the Big Bang Theory is going to be on a new service that I'm actually really excited to have heard about. Uh, it's called Nick Splat. Mm-hmm. 
And this is Nickelodeon streaming service. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a handful of dollars a month. And it's going to have dollars. six bucks a month. You're going to mm-hmm. get all the classic uh, Nick TV, all the old cartoons. When, when they say all of it, like there is it's all, all of it. It's yeah. everything that's ever been on Nick. Yeah. Like I was I was scrolling through there and I'm like, all right, you know, there, there's your stuff. Rocket Power, SpongeBob, you know, Wild Thornberries. And then I scrolled down. And I was like, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Nick Guts, Nick Arcade. And I'm like, I'm buying this. Like <laughs> I'm getting this immediately. For me, it's worth it just to get all SpongeBob. Yeah, but you 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 really are gonna get this. Yeah, the <laughs> all like all of the stuff, Amanda Show, all that's on there. Keenan and Kel's on there. Salute Your Shorts is on there. Are You Afraid of the Dark is on like every single show I watched as a kid is on there. Like I remember when I was a kid, and I, more towards like middle, I guess like just getting into teenage years when all these shows kind of went away. Um, there was a, a a Nickelodeon channel that would come on Nicktoons and Nick, Nick I think it's called Nick Gas. And they would show these old shows and like I would get, you had to pay for these channels, but sometimes they would be free for a weekend and I would just sit and watch those because I was nostalgic when I was 13. <laughs> Can you imagine how I am now watching all those old shows? That's way worse. Yeah. I mean, my birthday's on Thursday. That's my, my might be what I do all day. <laughs> so the service is, I, I've only seen it announced. Is it available it's right available now? It's available right now. Yeah. Oh shit. We'll get out there and get it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Splat. Uh, we'll, we'll try to link to where it is you can get it because I think a lot of our listeners are going to want to go and check out all those Nick shows. So again, Nick Splat, go uh, watch all the SpongeBob that your heart desires. One of the incredibly popular shows that HBO has put out in the last few years has been True Detective. We've had two seasons of it so far, both uh, pretty critically well received. Uh, and we've known for a while that there would be a True Detective season three, but we finally do have a teaser trailer out. Uh, this season's going to star Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. who is now a uh, Academy Award winner for his role in Moonlight a couple years ago. And Mahershala is going to be playing the same detective over basically his entire life. And he's trying to solve the same crime for, you know, from the time he's a young guy to an old man. And for me, it really has shades of like Zodiac, Mm -hmm. the movie, which, which spanned a crazy amount of time. I love Mahershala Ali. I haven't watched the first two seasons of True Detective, even though I've heard good things, but this is one thing that is going to go on my watch list. Uh, is it going on yours? Uh, and again, so here's my thing about the completionist stuff. I know <laughs> all of this does not interrelate. They're not all connected. But I feel like I'd have to watch the other two seasons first for me to watch this one. Now, I know the first... And I the thing that sucks is I heard everything about the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know what happens, essentially. Uh, I heard it's great. Second season I heard was not very good. So I don't know. I don't know. I've heard, and and probably from different sources, I've heard that it's still good, it's still fine, but not as good as the first season, mm-hmm. which is tough, you know, especially, yeah. you know, you're going to get compared like that, so. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I'm, maybe I'll check out one and two first, but really, I'm just trying to get to Mahershala. Yeah. I think this is going to be a tight-ass season. So, let's uh, let's get past all the news, and, and we got to give the people what they want. It's been a little bit. We didn't have a TV corner last week, but we or are... Or the week before. Or the week before. Yeah, but making we are, up for it. We're going to make up for all that with three TV corners this week. Let's jump into it. In my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. I missed it. <laughs> Woo, indeed. So yeah, three three shows uh, that ended this week. Three shows on three different networks. Um, I'll kind of go through these quick because it's already kind of a long show, and these are pretty quick, I think. So first first show is Trial and Error season two. Uh, I think the first season ended when we were doing the podcast last year, and and uh, so I talked about the first season. If you don't remember, it's basically a making a murder mockumentary where it uh, I think it's tw- this season is ten episodes. 
they it's a but it's a comedy so it's a mockumentary comedy based on making a murder they go through a trial uh this this case it is another murder uh the lavidia peck foster who i think is played by christian chenoweth that's right she's awesome she, yeah she is she is really funny uh she uh so basically, actually, I'll kind of rewind a little bit. They bring back pretty much the entire cast minus John Lithgow, which kind of sucks. I liked his character, but I actually did like Chris and Chenoweth's character a little better. Um, I don't know that a lot of the actors' names. They're pretty unknown actors other than, um, I think, Star Jones. Is that her name? <laughs> yeah, I love Star Jones. I think that's her. She She's uh, the, she plays this, uh, the, she's like the secretary uh, person at the, the law office who... <laughs> Who uh, every week? That's my favorite thing. She, every week she has a different ailment. So like, <laughs> she'll like when she gets really nervous, she'll start on fire. Like she'll start smoke, uh, like combustion. She'll have combustion. Or like, you saw an episode where she couldn't open her eyes for long periods of time. That was weird. <laughs> so she just has like these really random weird things. Uh, Jared watched an episode with me when he was when he was here visiting, and he he was dying laughing. So no, it's it's uh, it's very much a comedy uh, this season took a took a more comedic approach than last season even more so um but i do enjoy this show because there's just so many like little comedic bits in it that continue through the entire season that you don't always notice mm-hmm. um some things that come back in the season so it's like this moose that if you see his breath um then if you don't see his breath then there's no saturdays for the month like <laughs> shit like that it's just like really weird and random and that goes comes out through the entire season and plays a role but uh no, the cast is great. I think they this season they they really did a good job of really knowing what these characters were now. The like for example, Josh, who's the main character, he's the lawyer. He kind of last season was kind of played a little dumb and was a little more serious sometimes too. This season he is very much knows what he's in in doing. Like he's very in 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 like this weird jokey world and he's super into the town he's into and and has a role, a very defined role in this. So um, it's, I, I really enjoy the show. It's, it's quite, it's quite a bit of fun. Uh, just a, it's, it's not like a smart show by any means, but, God, no. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it, it's like a Parks and Rec where you can just sit and watch it. You, you really don't need to know a whole lot what's going on. You can kind of pick up. They, they do a good job of recapping stuff, but it, I wish the show would be like on Netflix and people could kind of get into it. Cause I think this would be, a, I think this would be a really good show like Parks and Rec was where people didn't really watch it and it's airing, but people would catch on to it and be like, oh, this is really funny. So I could definitely see that. It's got a, it's got cult written all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make one correction. It's not Star Jones. It's Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard. That's Sherry Shepard plays They're both on The View. Yeah. Not all black women look the same, Seth. Hey, they're both um, on The View. <laughs> you is have, that Whoopi Goldberg? You mentioned uh, Kristen Chenoweth, who's great. Jamie Mays is in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, She's yeah. Carol Ann Keene. Yep. Uh, I, I knew her from She Glee. was funny. Uh, and Nicholas D'Agosto is, is the other guy who okay. you've seen in a couple, uh, I think yeah. he's in like um, uh, Fired Up. Yeah, the cheerleader one. Uh, I've I watched an episode of this and it is kinetic as fuck. It's so fast. <laughs> yeah, and there's constant jokes being thrown at you, <laughs> and I didn't have any of the context, so it seemed very wacky to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you're following along with the show, it is a laugh a minute mm-hmm. like all the time. So that that's kind of fun. I may go back and watch this someday if it's uh, Netflix on yeah. Netflix. Uh, so I could definitely see just like what you're saying. I could mm-hmm. see this getting picked up on not picked up as in aired on netflix but i think a lot of viewers will join up once it's uh once it's on netflix yeah news uh the news kind of talked about in the middle of the season they 
I think they only had contract for two seasons with NBC, so they have been shopping it around. NBC might pick it up again. I don't think it got great ratings because it would air Thursdays back-to-back for five weeks. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they really believed in it a whole lot. I would love for this to go to a, to a Netflix and be you know streaming, sit down all at once and watch because it's very funny. That being said, I will give this uh, on the rating scale a 4.6 wacky jokes out of out of five. Four point six. Yeah, that's one of the highest. That's one of the highest ranked things we've had so far. I really, I really, I, I know you liked it. I didn't know that much. Yeah, it's it's just like it. I it's a show I really look forward to watching every single week. You know, it it would be on. And I I would be like, all right, time to watch. Like I'd get excited to watch it. So it's hard. It's hard to do that sometimes when you watch nine hundred TV shows. Yeah, no shit. It definitely mm-hmm. it caught your attention in a way that a lot of shows don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was I'm surprised. Uh, I am surprised, but uh, maybe I'll have to slide it up my watch list. My ever growing. Mm-hmm. and never shrinking watch list because mm-hmm. um, that's high praise from you second show i'll be talking about is preacher season three now uh, i think you know i've talked about both seasons now i think since we've been doing the show at least i talked about the first season and then reviewed the second season so season three picks up kind of where the last one left off uh jesse who's the preacher has to go to his grandma's house to for some help his grandma is an evil biznatch she uh, she is like this witch who casts a lot of spells, apparently eats souls to stay alive, mm, um, is trying to enslave Jesse, essentially. So Jesse goes there with, um, why did I forget her name? Veronica. No, it's... Uh, Tulip. Tulip. Tulip O'Hare and Colin... I don't, th- I don't think his last name is Cassidy. That's the WWE wrestler. <laughs> Colin something. The name just says Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy something. So it's Cassidy, not Colin. It's Cassidy. Cassidy is the vampire. Tulip is his, is the girlfriend of Jesse. So okay, I'll restart that. So Jesse Jesse goes to his grandma's with uh with Tulip and Cassidy. <laughs> I'm really bad at these names, damn it. And uh, that's kind of where the season kicks off. He they also are being kind of trailed from some people from last season, like the Grail, who is like this uh, religious business organization who's trying to recruit Jesse to be their basically the next messiah. Uh, since God is missing, so so the Grail is uh, run by Her Star, who's kind of an interesting character. Um, he's he's kind of like this intimidating, yet st- kind of stupid leader, uh, and that's kind of where the main conflicts come from. There's also the the Hell guy. I can't remember his name from last season. You don't need to look that one up. He's just like this big, dead looking. He looks like the Undertaker from WWE almost. The Saint of Killers. Saint of Killers. There you go. And so there's some, there's some conflicts going around there, uh, but the main one centers around Jesse and his, his grandma. The, so the, because there's a lot of spoilers there, I won't really go into that a whole lot. What I will say about this one, about this show and, and this season in particular, I, I think if you remember from last season, season two, I was not a fan of season two. Um, it, I just thought it dragged. The characters didn't really know what they're doing. They didn't have really good rapport with each other. I thought that the characters made dumb decisions and not a lot of it made sense. It was very slow moving. I think this season I enjoyed a lot more, and I think for the, all the opposite reasons of what I didn't like last season for. Uh, the characters, for one, they split up through a lot of the season, so they were off doing their own thing for a bit, and that was really refreshing because last season they were just all together all the time, and there's one main storyline, which kind of got boring because the storyline wasn't very good. Um, this season, they were all off doing their own thing. There was multiple storylines running. Uh, Cassidy went off with these other vampires and kind of discovered that whole part of the world. Tulip went and 
she was with Jesse for a lot of the season, but she went and off with the grail for a while and did some stuff with them. Jesse was always focusing on him and his grandma and this like underground fight thing that's going on. So it was just way more interesting. There's a lot more action in this season too, like a lot more. The, the fight choreography was really good and the they included just a lot more of it, which which made it way more entertaining. I thought it was funnier this season and the cast really gelled much better. That's really all I'll say. I think I think for this show, if if you've kept on with Preacher, I think you'll be rewarded with seizing, 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 seeing season three. Uh, if you haven't watched Preacher yet, I wouldn't say necessarily, like I said with Gotham, like Gotham, I said, watch the other seasons to get to this. Um, I would say if if the premise is something that intrigues you for, for Preacher, season three is something to, to strive to. But if it's something you're just not interested in, it's not like an amazing show yet. I think it might get there. Um, with a few more, with with more more time, um, I was much more of a fan of the season. I think this this season I would give it like a four point two four point two explosion uh, uh, human explosions. There's a lot of that in the season. Four point two <laughs> human explosions out of five. Whereas last season I would have given it like a three at best, maybe like a two point something. So Yeesh. it improved quite a bit. Good comeback for Preacher in yeah. season three. I watch a little bit of it. I mean, it's it's definitely based on like a weird comic. So yeah, it's, really it's got weird. some weird stuff. There's a guy with a butthole for a face. <laughs> yeah, our face. <laughs> and then uh, her star has a, has a, a, he got hit in the head with like an axe or something. So it looks like he has a penis on the top of his head. Nice. That's pretty funny. Uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, do a lot of this, this show. They produce every episode. They directed a bunch of episodes. So you can tell their comedy's coming through. And I think they've done a good job of taking the feedback people have had about it and putting in the show and making it a much more entertaining show just not as it's just not as dialogue based as, as it was and i think that's perfect for the show the show's not going to win any emmys or anything the show needs to be more like the comic more more supernatural based more action based and and a little more and i think the going into the characters more has helped quite a bit too so hmm. well there you go season three of preacher it's uh was it 4.2 4.2 gets 4.2 human explosions out of five. I'm most excited to get to this third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause someone who does not have a butthole for a face is Amy Adams. <laughs> and uh, I definitely want to hear about her. So please tell me about her. Well, you do get to see her butthole on the show. Nice. I'm kidding. You don't oh. get to see her butthole. Gross. <laughs> so yeah, the, the third, the third and final corner of this try house is uh, sharp objects on HBO the miniseries based off of the book kind of so this one was an interesting to get into like like I said stars Amy Adams there's one other actress that is pretty famous uh, plays the mother the mother is played by Patricia Clarkson yeah she's she's somewhat famous she has kind of a name she's been acting for a while if you saw her face you you've would seen her a bunch yeah. of times yeah yeah um, premise of the show, basically, Amy Adams is a reporter from St. Louis who is forced to go back to her hometown by her boss because there's some murders going on. And she's sent to go back to write about it. She stays with her mom, who is this very weird character. Um, she definitely does not have a good relationship with her mom at all. And Amy Adams is definitely really messed up in the head and has to, has has had some really messed up stuff happen to her. Her sister died at a very young age, and there's kind of some mystery around that. There's also she's also been suicidal in the past. She has shit written all over her body, like carved into her body. Um she sees stuff a lot. She'll see like her dead sister, she'll see other dead people she knows. 
She has these quick visions. She'll see stuff written on, on walls. Um, she's just very messed up. She's also a super, uh, super heavy drinker, very much an alcoholic. So that's kind of a problem. Um, the show is the show. So that's the base premise though. I mean, is that, you know, she goes back to investigate these murders and this murder, these murders unfold there. There's a lot to unpack in the show. I think the main driving thing in the show is very much a character study of Amy Adams character, Camille, because you go so deep into her past, so deep into her psyche that you're just kind of there, you know, along for the ride. It's the, the tone of the show is very much a like drama slash horror slash thriller um, it's it's a very interesting aesthetic in the show. There are things that, and part of the reason that I liked it so much, is that there's a ton of things you won't catch immediately in the background. There's stuff written on walls that kind of hint at things. There's things you'll see that you're like, though that's fucked up, that you, if you didn't like pause it, you wouldn't recognize it. Um, or if you, like, you just might, it might flash real quick. They, there's stuff that they even blatantly put in the background. It's like, why is that there? That's creepy. Hmm. Um, there's never any like jump scares. There's definitely some like horrific looking stuff going on, um, of scenes, but there's never any jump scares, which I appreciate, <laughs> but there's some, some pretty like unsettling stuff. Um, this show, I, I, well, first, I mean, again, going in, actually backing up a little bit, the acting in the show is excellent. Um, of course, Amy Adams is great in everything she does. Um, the mom is great. Conrad Grayson does a good job. They're, the mom is, like I said, very creepy, very just she has some messed up stuff going on. But then like Conrad Grayson, <laughs> I don't know the actor's name, but I'm gonna keep calling him that. Um, he he kind of supports it, but also detests it. I think my favorite performance in the show, though, is the daughter. Um, uh, Emma is her name. They have some weird names in the show. Um, I don't, she's very new, so I don't know her name, but I think she's going to be doing some really good stuff in the Mm. future. She is, she is incredible because she plays, she plays multiple different roles, uh, in terms of like, she, she's like shows off in front of her friends, but then she also has to be like, you know, sweet little innocent girl to her mom and then kind of like in, in between with, with Camille and she's just doing a lot in this, in this show. So yeah, the show as a whole, I, I haven't been this this like entranced in a show for eight episodes in a long time. It, I was, I was in it every single week. I never picked my phone up during the show. I was always completely, completely in the show because there's just so much, so much stuff you would miss. And, and, and not a lot, like not a ton of it is super like pertinent. Like it, it, there's just, I mean, there, there are some things that like, if you, if you miss it, it'll come back later or, that just don't completely add to the story, but it adds, it adds little details for you just to kind of appreciate or little things that you're just like, like I said earlier, like, whew, it's kind of fucked up. And it just adds more and more to the aesthetic of the show and makes you feel there. There's so many times where you'll sit there for minutes on end and just feel unsettled or feel like what the hell is going to happen. And it was really cool. It was really, really cool. It was horror. It's the horror I love, which is not, like I said, not jump scare. It's just like, just makes you on the edge of your seat, like watching A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the show is is a slow burn, though, because and it very much is a slow burn because the story unfolds very, very, very slowly. Um, the the dialogue and the acting is very slow and kind of methodical. But I love that. 
and it's a pace that I think works perfect for the show. And it never really drags for me that each episode there's, I think most episodes are 55 minutes and there's not, there's not any time for me in there where I'm like, okay, get to the next thing. Like it's, it's always at a perfect pace for me. The show also left me with like thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the ending of it and kind of not to spoil anything is it's, it's pretty, pretty wow. Like I, I, I thought I knew pretty early on where, who the killer was, I thought. And I I thought I was right up until the end. Hmm. So that's always good. Yeah. A really well effective red herring is always fun. Yeah. So then when, then when they reveal who it is, it makes a lot of sense, but I loved the show a lot. I I'm sad to see it go. They already said the, the, cause it was based off a book and they did the whole book. The showrunner said they will not be a second season. So they're not going to try and make another story it. out of it. They could, they definitely could but they're not gonna. And I'm very happy about that. Um, but just to see the, the arc where the, where these characters go and, and kind of just basically where, how, where the story takes you. And like I said, where the ending where I just, I was, I couldn't describe it. Um, I love the show a lot. So I will put, I will give this one uh, 4.8, 4.8 carved into the skin of Amy Adams (laughs) out of five. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i've heard nothing but amazing things mm-hmm. about the show and, and you're no no different from um from some of that high praise 4.8 one of the highest it's it's my favorite show of the summer so far well there you go and he's watched a lot of show mm-hmm. this summer folks uh amy adams or, i've heard I, is just sorry, fucking favorite. tour de force i was trying to think because like marvelous this is maze i couldn't remember when that came out if that was end of last year oh, or beginning yeah. this year that's my favorite show this year so far but sure. um you see, uh, do you see a uh, an Emmy next year for oh, yeah. Amy Adams? For sure, she her, her just her performance alone. Even when some people didn't, I did see some negative reviews. I think like on Tomatoes right now it's ninety three, uh, which is good. But a lot of TV shows kind of get mm-hmm. like most of the Emmy shows are like hundred, you yeah. know. So, but I did see for people who didn't like the show or people who were just kind of ho hum about the show. Uh, Amy Adams' performance is the thing they said that was is worth just watching it alone. And like I said, it, it's 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 a really deep character study, and her performance is incredible. So I love it. I Amy Adams is my favorite person. So <laughs> I'm gonna watch it uh, if if for no other reason than to see her. And it sounds like it's something that might be right up my alley. And it's a tight eight hours, um, which is a, an easy enough binge watch. Um, yeah, I, this is, this is high on my list. The list I always say I'm on, but never get to, um, <laughs> I absolutely am going to watch this one, uh, mostly because I love Amy Adams and, and everything I've heard has been amazing. Mm-hmm. So we talked last week about a collider list that came out about the most rewatchable movies. And so Seth and I are going to talk about our favorite rewatchable movies this week in our new segment, Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So your rewatchable <laughs> movies, Seth. We're so, talking the movies, and you, you're not known for this. Yeah. I am. I, I rewatch a lot of movies. And I clarify, movies that we've rewatched the most. Yeah. Movies so, that you and I rewatch the yeah. most. And these aren't movies that I necessarily recommend for people to watch, but and a lot of these happen from when I was a kid. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, I don't rewatch movies at all anymore. I think Avengers Infinity War is a movie I've watched the most, and I've watched it three times. <laughs> so uh, I, you started last week. I'll start this week uh, with my number five. Now, there... I made my my five, and then I kept putting movies because I watch <laughs> a lot of movies. 
Um, it's really hard for me to do this list. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at what I did and then I'll keep all my honorable mentions where they are. Uh, I'm going to start with my number five, most number five, most rewatched movie is star Wars. The force awakens. Hmm. Um, it is my favorite of the series. Hmm. Um, and I saw this twice in theaters in the first week. I saw it the day it came out on VOD and I've Hmm. watched it at least a couple times since, um, I think it is the quintessential Star Wars movie. I think mm-hmm. when we, when all is said and done and we look back, I think The Force Awakens will probably be the one that everyone says that is Star Wars right there. And, you know, of course you don't have, you don't have Luke in this, so it's a little weird, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I think Ray is awesome. Everybody knows that The Force Awakens is an awesome movie. I love watching it because I love Star Wars and I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, so Force Awakens is my number five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of explanation for these. These are just movies. I mean, I'll explain. I don't, again, like I said, I don't think these movies are like great by any means. <laughs> um, but these are movies that I rewatched a lot. Um, nine number five is Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Dude. I've watched that one many We watched it recently. Yeah. Um, I watched it many times as a kid in, in my teenage years. Uh, I had it on, I definitely watched it like on DVR. I had it on a DVR a lot. Um, I also would it be on FX and Comedy Central all the time, so I'd always if that's one of those where like you're flipping the channel, and oop pops on, you just can't stop watching it until it's mm-hmm. over. So I definitely watch that one quite a bit. That's definitely another laugh a minute, like we talked about yeah. a little bit with trial and error. I mean, that's constant, mm-hmm. and you can watch that one again because you missed jokes mm-hmm. the previous time. That's a good one. Number four. Number four for me goes way back. Uh, it's The Lion King. Mm. I had this. Oh. V- I had The Lion King on VHS tape. I watched it every single night Mm -hmm. for like a year of my life. Uh, I think it was in like sixth or seventh grade. I would come home, I would watch The Lion King, and I would go to bed. Mm -hmm. I know all the words to all the songs. I know most of the dialogue. And you can rewatch it all the fucking time because the songs are so great. I love The Lion King. One of of the things I want to do the most is see the the Broadway play. Mm. Um, I haven't been to it yet. But yeah, The Lion King, at at any time, if someone's like, hey, Cole, you want to watch The Lion King? Absolutely, I do. It's true. I would love watching Lion the King. Watching Lion King. I haven't watched that in a long time. It's the only movie I've ever bought on Blu-ray. Yeah, I own the Blu-ray. I purchased it. One, the one and only movie I've ever bought for myself <laughs> on Blu-ray. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't think it still probably cracks my my top rewatched movies, but I've watched it a lot as a kid. Um, the first thing I ever learned how to use was uh, was a VHS, was a VCR, and I'm pretty sure that was one of the first VHSs I had. Oh yeah. Um, my number four is. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. I was wondering which Harry Potter you Yeah, picked. that one I definitely watched the most uh, because it was the first one. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I, I remember, so I remember going to the theater. I remember getting it. Uh, my my mom made it, uh, went and got it on on DVD back then. I think we had it on VHS too. It, that was right around the time yeah. where it was one or the other or both. I think we got both. And uh, so I remember watching it right away with her. And then when I know when we got it on DVD, I would watch it like, there's this. There's some summers where I'd watch, and I know one summer specifically, I'd watch it over and over and over. That I'd watch that, and then Chamber of Secrets back to back over and over and over again all the time. I would go through the DVD menus and find the Easter eggs in them. Do you remember doing that with DVDs at all? The you, sneaky side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had all, they had a bunch of those. There's one with Diagon Alley you could fuck with. That was fun. Um, you got to do the bricks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I definitely watched that movie quite a bit back in my day. It's a banger, no doubt. Number three. Number three is my now my top three get really fuzzy. Actually, my top four get really fuzzy because I don't know which of these movies I've actually watched the most mm-hmm. times, but these are all close. Uh, number three for me is going to be Super Bad. 
Hmm. And yeah. when Superbad came out, I would have sworn to you that that it was about me. <laughs> um, it just it was perfect timing, late in high school, and I watch it. It's the perfect high school age comedy. Mm-hmm. There's drinking and sleeping with girls and drugs and hanging out with crazy ass cops by played by Bill Hader, <laughs> who's amazing. Um, I watch it all the time. Like the thing to do when I was drinking underage was to <laughs> do that and watch Superbad. And to this day, I still watch it and it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I can quote almost the entire movie. <laughs> My number three is this. I think these last three will not surprise you at all. Um, <laughs> I know at least one of them. Yeah. This might even be it. Austin Powers and Goldmember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's not uh, what I was going to guess, okay. but I, I know, I know that I have one of the other two. Yeah. Austin, Austin Powers and Goldmember is, uh, is of course the third in the Austin Powers movie. Best uh, one. It's I, the best. I agree. I, I mean, I think critically it's not, but I, I personally, I love it the most. It has Tom Cruise in it. That's why it's the best. And has Vern Troyer. Or well, he's always in it. Danny DeVito plays Danny DeVito, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's, it, it's very stupid comedy, but I, again, that, that was at an age, came out at an age where I was watching stupid comedy, hence Dodgeball, Dodgeball on my list. And I had the DVD and I, I remember it, like, I remember the, the case. I remember the fucking smell of that case. I watched it so many times. Um, there's a summer again. I would just pop it in, boom, over and over and over again. Watch it every day in the summer, and and that was it. I love it. I still I still watch it to this day sometimes. It's been a while since I've watched it with you, but I know you and I together have watched it a bunch of fucking times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can recite the, these all all the last three movies. I can recite every single line in them <laughs> by without watching it. Yep. Number two. Number two for me is. I mean, it's fun because I like this movie, but it's also incredibly sad. <laughs> Number two for me is 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> I know why it's sad. Let me, let me explain why Seth is laughing so hard. So 500 Days of Summer is, is definitely my favorite. Um, it doesn't want to be called a rom-com, but it's my favorite one of that type of movie. And I think it is the best breakup movie. And that's why I've watched it so many times. <laughs> I literally, I, every time I have a breakup, I watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to the extent that like, like over the past couple of years, when I've said, you know, you know, she and I broke up, Seth, he goes, oh, okay. So you're going to go watch 500 Days of Summer now? Like, <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is a mainstay in my life. Um, and it, it, 500, I do want to say one thing about 500 Days of Summer and you have to watch it a couple of times to really get this or have it explained to you, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not really, you're not supposed to be rooting for Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie to mm-hmm. get Summer. Um, the movie is about him moving on from Summer and, mm-hmm. and getting to the next uh, the next thing. And so a lot of the first few times I watched it, I was like, man, I'm so Tom in this. Um, and, you know, we just need to get the girl back and all that stuff. But then as you watch it, it's more a story about moving on and also about what we ask of each other. Right. And so he puts a lot of expectations on Summer that are unrealistic. And then when she doesn't fulfill them, he's disappointed and mm-hmm. he gets angry. And I, I've, I've learned to find a lot of myself in him and change a little bit of that um, behavior that he puts in the movie. But yeah, anyway, to summarize uh, and to get back to the point here, uh, I've seen that movie a bunch of fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever watched it, and only time I think I watched it was with you. Mm-hmm. So good movie, though. I do enjoy it. It is solid. I like yeah. it a lot. My number two, Poop, is Eight Mile. Okay, I hadn't thought of Eight Mile, but I know you're number one. Okay, yeah, Eight Mile. uh, That movie I have watched a lot. Um, I was super into Eminem back when this came out. 
Uh, I would think I was like 12 years old. It came out in 02. So no, I was, I was 11. And then I think came out in 02. And I think when I started watching it more and more is 03, so 11 or 12. And it, uh, it, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, just, I liked Eminem a lot and I liked, I liked his rapping. I don't know. Um, but I remember renting it like every single week, every single week at, uh, it would have been movie gallery then. Um, at, like literally every single, cause I, on Fridays, family would, my family would go rent a movie or video game. I'd rent a movie or video game. They'd rent a movie. My parents would, and we'd get like fast food somewhere every Friday. I would go up to my room. They would go to the living room. We would do our thing. And for like months, like literally months, it was eight mile. I'd rent eight mile every single week. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't want to spend the eight dollars to buy it because that's how if a used copy was eight dollars. They just kept letting me rent it and spend four dollars every time. They probably thought you'd stop. I don't stop. I used to rent the same wrestling videos every single week. So, and I know what was going to happen in those things. But uh, yeah, Eight Mile, I I watched a lot. Then I then yeah, then we bought it and I watched it over and over again. I still own that DVD to this day. Um, haven't watched eight mile in years, but, uh, yeah, it's, I could, I could sit down right now and recite every single line. I'm sure you're not the only one. That was a fucking phenomenon when yeah. that came out. Yeah. Number one. Anyone who knows me will not be surprised by this. We literally watched this movie two days ago. Yep. Scout Pilgrim vs. the world yep. is my number one. I've seen it probably 50 times. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it. So, like, I'll just be sitting sitting around and just be like, oh, yeah, I want to watch Scott Pilgrim right now. Um, it probably, if we, if you made me honestly make a list of my favorite movies ever, it would probably be my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever. And for a bunch of reasons, it's just fantastic. And I love all of the little bit jokes and I love the story. And it's just sweet and romantic enough, um, but it's also hilarious. And the mm-hmm. action in it is great. The yeah. fight choreography in that movie is yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Michael Sarah is perfect. That's peak Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a total smoke show. And um, there's a banging cast. Uh, we we talked about this cast the other night. Mm-hmm. You have Aubrey Plaza in this, Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. um, Brandon Routh, um, Chris Evans is in this. And I love his role in this. He's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. There's all kinds of stars in this. And yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, come over and we'll watch it together. <laughs> My number one is, uh, I, I, I think, like you said, I think you'll know, but I don't know if everyone else will know. Um, of course, I've, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith, and so my number one is Clerks 2. Oh, I was wrong. What were you thinking? I was wrong. I was thinking Eight Crazy Nights. No, I watch that once a year, but I've mm-hmm. never watched that a bunch of times. Okay. So right. I watch that on Christmas Eve every year. But Clerks 2 doesn't surprise me. Clerks 2, yeah. Clerks 2 is, is, is my number one. I... That so it came out at a time when I just started getting. I remember I actually remember. So I watched. I, I remember this pretty fucking vividly actually. <laughs> um, it was coming out. It had it had coming out in theaters, and we had free movie channels for a while, and they were showing the original Clerks. So I watched the original Clerks, uh, enjoyed it, and then podcasts started just started coming out, and started listening to the Smodcast, Kevin Smith podcast. And then he's talking about Clerks 2 all the time. And then Clerks 2 eventually came out on a DVD. I rented it a bunch of times, just like I used to, um, with 8 Mile. And then my parents got it, I think, for like Christmas for me. I still own that copy, too. And uh, 
I watch that over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, that's another one. Like in the summertime, I watch it over and over and over again every day. I, I think I literally watch that one every day. Jesus. Um, so yeah, then that, that kind of started my Kevin Smith obsession. And that's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Uh, I, I, it's hard to say that's my favorite movie because I know, I know it's not an amazing movie, I, 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 but I enjoy it. And I think really anymore when I watch it, like I'll watch it now in certain occasions when I want to take my mind off something mm-hmm. or if something big is going to happen. I, like I said, I want to, I just kind of want to zone out for a bit because it brings me back to a time. I was like 15, 16 and it instantly takes me back there and I feel like I'm a kid watching it in my room again. You know, it's just one of those movies, like a comfort movie. Um, and so I watched that a bunch of times and, uh, it's weird. I, I, that's a, again, movie I can right now recite every line. I can do all the music to it, like everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Love that movie. I love comfort movies, man. Mm-hmm. Mine are all, mine are all comfort mm-hmm. movies. So I, I love it. Um, I have a shitload of honorable mentions. I don't have any, I couldn't think of any more. I think that for me, um, Mission Impossible, it was the only reason I couldn't put any Mission Impossible on there is because I couldn't pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watch Mission Impossible all the time. Anything from Tarantino, uh, I love all of his movies. So I'll, I'll watch, uh, I watch Pulp Fiction a lot. That probably should have been my number five <laughs> ahead of Star Wars. Uh, but I watch Pulp Fiction all the time. Uh, I think there's a really fun type of rewatchable movie that you, after having seen it the first time, you know what's going on and mm-hmm. it makes it more fun to watch it again. Right. So I'm talking about like Logan Lucky, any of the Oceans mm-hmm. movies. Um, Get Out is a really fun watch for a second time. Fight Club is, mm-hmm. a, is a fun watch the second time. And then you have movies that you just, there are so many jokes and they're so funny. Uh, for me, that's like Hot Rod is, is one of my favorites to rewatch. I Love You Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch r- relatively frequently. Pop Star is one that you and I have watched a few yeah, times. Yeah, I watched that a few times. That one is hilarious. Um, Step Brothers and Anchorman are kind of the throwbacks um, to high school us. I watched each of those movies probably a bunch of fucking times mm-hmm. um, just because they're so goddamn quotable. Um, two movies that I watched a bunch of times that really were kind of what got me into actually critically good movies um, when they came out were Slumdog Millionaire was one mm-hmm. and The Social Network. Mm. Um, I watched each of those a bunch of times and that those were the first times I remember actually appreciating good filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are really funny for me going way, way back to when I was like just a small kid, uh, happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Are, yeah. I, that's peak Adam Sandler. And we watched a bunch of those and then, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention scary movie three, <laughs> <laughs> which the two of I us forgot about that one. That one should be on my list. We did that for a summer together. You yeah. Know, I, I would come over to your house every day. We would watch scary movie three. Yeah. I can, I, we can both probably recite all the words. To that. Yep. So there you have it. It's our, our list of, uh, the re- movies we have rewatched. What are some of your favorite, uh, rewatchable movies? What have you watched more times than I've watched Scott Pilgrim? I bet it's not anything. Um, <laughs> hit us up on the tweet, on the tweets at on underscore, the at the twats, hit us in the twat at underscore, <laughs> <laughs> underscore Cody, Michael, Seth, O'Ott or Soko show pod. Uh, let us know what you think. What did we leave off the lists and, and what's on yours? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. As we get closer to the end of the show, we have got a little bit of news in the world of movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Movie. Um, got a bit of news for some casting. Of course, we've been talking about the Batman, Matt Reed, or no, the sorry, the Joker movie for a while. Um, we got uh, the newest member of the cast is Alec Baldwin. He'll be playing Thomas Wayne. Which is Bruce Wayne's father. Hmm. Um, it sounds like he'll be playing a businessman, kind of like a Gordon Gecko slash 80s Donald Trump type guy. 
Mm. So, uh, what do you think about that casting? It's interesting. Yeah. I don't really know what to make of it. I like this cast, the way it's turning out. Yeah, I'm trying not to get too much into what I think that might mean for the plot. Um, but I like Alec Baldwin. I love mm-hmm. him in the Mission Impossible movies lately. Um, mm-hmm. I've always dug him. I mean, yeah. going way back, you know, early in his career, he's been fantastic. So um, it's a welcome addition for me. The jury's still out kind of for me on this Joker movie, but uh, this is a good addition. I yeah, think. the cast, I think it's great. I mean, of course, Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, um, Mark Maron, who's been great in Glow, and now Alec Baldwin. I think it's turning out pretty well. So I'm excited for it. And uh Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Joker, uh, we'll see. We'll see. An interesting movie, something we're going to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, another movie I'm keeping an eye on is the sequel to Top Gun. And we had uh, new additions to the cast of Top Gun in the form of John Hamm and Ed Harris. So uh, mm. this is a, a long list. I mean, there's a lot of people in this cast now. Miles Teller, Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise, of course. Jennifer Connelly's back. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie, who's a young up-and-comer. Um, so it's a long list on the cast, but I definitely like John Hamm in this. Uh, I think he could really fit in well with the whole world of Top Gun. Not sure what we'll get out of Ed Harris, but I love him in pretty much everything he's in. So mm-hmm. uh, Top Gun cast starting to take shape, uh, supposed to come out, I believe, next year. Uh, so just give me, that's the next Tom Cruise vehicle I'm getting, so give it to me fucking now. <laughs> well, I might be rejoicing a little bit this weekend uh, from... The uh, the most recent Melissa McCarthy movie came out, The Happy Time Murders, to very po- poor reviews and also very poor attendance. Um, Melissa McCarthy has now had her lowest opening weekend of her career, and uh, my hope is that this is a sign to her to stop making terrible comedies. So I am, like I said, I'm excited to see her in Can You Ever Forgive Me uh, mm-hmm. with with you know the dramatic dramatic change because. You look at all these comedians in you know that in over the years. You look at guys like Will Ferrell. You look at guys like Jim Carrey. You look at guys like Eddie Murphy. All these people have really burned out mm-hmm. when, when it comes to movies because they do the same thing over and over again, and people get tired of it. I.e., Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> but you look at someone, and Will Ferrell's kind of gone this route. But look at like Robin Williams. He did a lot of these stupid comedies, but then he did some really really good dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Melissa McCarthy needs to do. Stop making these stupid comedies where you play the same person over and over again and show your range, which you clearly have, because I've seen you on SNL have range Mm -hmm. and do different things. Quit playing the safe thing and trying to make money, which you're not making money now, (laughs) and and challenge yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. This is kind of sad because I know, I think the reviews killed this box office. Because a lot of people were excited about this. It was a new wacky thing with the Muppets and everything. You and I talked about this earlier in the mm-hmm. summer. as something we were looking forward to. Right. And we didn't go because the reviews were such trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you got to make a good movie. You can't just have a yep. good premise. So I was a little bummed to see these reviews come out. And I may still eventually check this out. But, um, yeah, from what I'm reading, not a huge surprise that it tanked. Mm-hmm. So we finally have a name for our Disney streaming service. Um, and they didn't get terribly creative. It's just called Disney Play. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's really the only piece of it. I mean, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. this streaming service. Not a lot of detail coming out yet in terms of what we can see on it. Um, but now we officially have a thing to call it. And yeah. so Disney Play, um, they are going to launch it next year. A part of the same article, they did say that this is kind of the priority for Disney right now. Mm-hmm. Probably other than, you know, Infinity War. Yeah, Marvel. Um, 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of lot of money and attention is going into Disney Play, and you know more details will come out uh, as we go forward on that. Yeah, it does sound like the DC service is getting more stuff now too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a unveiling I think tomorrow, um, showing the app off and giving a price point and all and release date and all that stuff. So um, yeah, these streaming services are becoming more popular, of course. Good. Yeah, we got a show. We got a Nickelodeon one now. So holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last bit of news here. So course we we mentioned with happy time murders got poor reviews which you know correlates to the rotten tomato score it's what everyone looks at now is rotten tomato score whether you know you should spend you know waste your time in a movie or not and uh rotten tomatoes is now kind of opening things up that up to this point they've been very much kind of a closed uh closed thing where it's just critics from you know like magazines newspapers you know people who write for for reviews and they are now opening things up to digital, so podcasts, YouTube, you know, videos, things like that. They're also opening up to people with like freelancers who don't work for like a New York Times, uh, for people who who are have a big social media presence who presence who write reviews. Um, <laughs> We've got a big social media presence. Yeah, oh. we're, we're gonna we're gonna be on there. We're gonna write reviews for Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think we can get on there? Probably not. Let's try. I'll I'll do it. Um. So I, I like this, though. I think it, it does add a lot more diversity to it. Um, I think it's still not quite like opening it up to just the public. You know, you still have to have some sort of credential. So it's not like the audience score. But it, it and it honestly, it just adds more like, you know, when there, when you look at a Rotten Tomato score, most of the time it's like 135, 200 people who review it. Now it could be, you know, 500,000. And I think this just adds more validity to the score in partially um because more people are reviewing it you get a better sense of what people think you also run the risk of people giving it poor scores or good scores based off their agenda mm-hmm. because it's now it's a little less tracked but you always had that anyway because you know magazines newspapers are all everybody's biased yeah so hopefully this this adds for people who you know have the youtube channels um it adds a little more platform for them to give an honest you know thought so mm-hmm. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now. I think one unfortunate side effect of this is I think in general, you'll get lower scores. Um, I think that if a hundred people really like a movie, there's a low chance that a thousand people are still going to like that movie. Mm-hmm. So with more, I think you'll get a little, a few more negative reviews. So maybe a, a less, less of a score, but a more valid one. Mm-hmm. You know, a higher sample size generally means it's something you can count on a little bit better. Um, so I, I, I do like this. And it'll be a chance to for uh, more podcasters and freelance uh, reviewers and things to get their name out on the website for Rotten Tomatoes. So mm-hmm. uh, I like this. I think this is a welcome a welcome change, and I'm excited to see how it uh, how it changes things on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Well, it is the last week of August, and so we need to get into one of our favorite segments. Uh, Seth has to look into my butt. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is, of course. The new release rectal exam. I didn't miss that sounder at all. (laughs) I missed the TV corner one. I didn't miss that one. I'm glad that we only hear it once a month because it makes it still funny every time. Yeah, sure. Hilarious. Uh, You're the one who created it. (laughs) The editor created it. (laughs) 
New release, Rectal Exam. Uh, we're going to be looking forward into our September releases. Uh, Seth, while I meditate on what's coming out, uh, why don't you tell the folks how we play the game? Play the game with, uh, there's a category from these three, from director, actor, and actress, or release date. Uh, Cody, I will give, no, I won't give anything. Cody will give the uh, the director, actor, and actress, or release date. Fuck my balls. I'm messing this up really bad. Um, so, Cody, I will give... The, I will ask for a director, I will ask for an actor and actress, and I will give him a release date. Cody will have to guess for the month of September these categories. Uh, he'll have a clue for... He gets to use one clue for uh, the total of the three. The clue for director is another movie they've done. Uh, actor and actress, they will get the next build. And uh, release date will be if it's a sequel or if it's a first movie in the series. What would you like first, young Michael? Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to go in the order that I typically do go in. Uh, I will take an actor or actress as my first clue. Actor and actress is Ivan Strahovski. Okay. Uh, Ivan Strahovski, that is going to be the movie Predator. That's correct. All right. (laughs) Predator coming out September 14th. <laughs> Director is Corin Hardy. Corin Hardy, uh, very excited to go see this movie next <laughs> week and on September seventh. Uh, Corin Hardy directed the, <laughs> the Nun. All right, that's correct. Okay, so this is always where you trip me up. <laughs> this is always where you trip me up because you're a bullshit cheater most of the time. <laughs> Let's see if you play an honest game this week. Give me the release date for our final movie. Release date is September twenty first. Okay, September 21st, and I, I will go ahead and ask for the uh, the clue. Well, because there are no sequels coming out that week, uh, it's a first movie. Okay, it's a first movie. September 21st. Okay. Um, as I recall from looking, uh, there's there's not a lot of, of, of uh, sort of wide release stuff, so I'm going to go with the, the one movie that I know has a wide release, um, and that is Eli Roth's movie with Jack Black, um, the house with a clock in its walls. That's correct. Yeah! <laughs> Hold on. I got a new sounder for this very occasion. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James You're not LeBron James. Oh, the king has done it again. <laughs> two for two the last two months. I have won. Oh, I should have switched it and went with White Boy Rick on the 21st. Yeah. Well, White Boy Rick comes out the week before. That's the 21st. You sure? Yeah. IMDb has it on the 14th. It's 21st. Well, I'm glad uh, that you didn't do that, because that would have sucked for me. (laughs) Uh, As the winner of the rectal exam, what that means is that we get another month of uh, you as the so-host and me as the co-host, and I'm very, very excited about that. That's good for you. Hey, kids, this goes to show you that if you study a little bit, it can go a long way, and you can be prepared even for Seth's bullshit games. (laughs) I don't think you studied for a little bit. I didn't get a lot of work done today. (laughs) I'll admit it. I, I studied hard because I wanted to win this one because I really wanted to use that new Marv Albert sounder. That I uh, so I am the winner of the August slash September edition of the new release rectal exam. Very excited about the win. Uh, tune in a few weeks when we'll do our September-October edition of the rectal exam. Uh, we're getting to the end of our show, but before we wrap it up, we got to tell you one more thing. But I'm down to 
nothing. One more thing, Seth. What's the last thing you want to tell folks before we wrap the show? Well, let me. So let me ask you. What's your favorite theater candy? M and M's. No, you know what your favorite theater candy is corn and M's. No candy. Yeah, like, so like just straight up candy. You you know your chewy favorite. sweet tarts. No, something you you have been adamant about for years. Corn and M, Seth. That's what I get at the. No, <laughs> we've had you. And you, it's not chewy sweet tarts. It's the one that I can't stand as a candy. Reese's Pieces or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? No, I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The ones that I always disgusted with that you get. Twizzlers. Twizzlers. (laughs) I haven't had a Twizzler in a minute. I gotta get some Twizzlers again. Well, you might not want to after hearing this. Uh Uh-oh. Ice-T, famous rapper and SVU star, Law & Order SVU SVU star. Such a weird sentence. (laughs) Um, He he says there's there's no debate uh, towards the the towards the uh, people's choice between the two twizzler like candies twizzler and red vines he says red vines are better than twizzlers there's no debate well fuck you iced tea yeah so uh even just the fact that you seth just said the two twizzler like candies <laughs> licorice, settles, the, argu- settles licorice. the argument for me twizzlers like, are the better twizzlers are name brand just like kleenex are but i prefer puffs because a nose in need deserves puffs indeed just like a mouth in need deserves no licorice candy because it's bullshit (laughs) if you're not a hater like seth and you enjoy licorice then you probably enjoy twizzlers better and i will physically fight you over twizzlers v are you gonna fight physically fight iced tea uh yeah i'll do it all right i'll beat his ass i doubt it and i'll put some twizzlers in his mouth after i beat him up Oh my gosh, uh, I know we'll probably we'll probably get some hate tweets about red vines and Twizzlers. I know that people pretty feel pretty adamantly. They're both disgusting. Well, you suck. <laughs> my one last thing, I'm just going to quickly plug a, a show or a new episode of a show. Uh, I have talked in the past about the show Explained on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So that's the documentary series, um, usually less than a half an hour long documentaries every Wednesday. And uh, the latest episode that came out uh, is about the female orgasm. Which, uh, yeah, as, as most of us know, isn't a real thing. Um, but they do talk about the idea of them and uh, in the new episode. I haven't watched it yet myself. I'm going to, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go uh, watch that. Um, hopefully. Don't lie. You're not going to watch that. You're going to watch porn to try and get the... No, it'll be after. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to learn about the, you know, apparently real female orgasm, <laughs> then uh, make sure you check out Explained. And it's one of the many uh, excellent episodes. Just before that, they did uh, Could We Live Forever? using uh, medicine so if you haven't checked out explained yet go out and do that do they have uh explained about why psychopaths love twizzlers and red vines um they don't but i would be interested to watch that because only psychopaths eat that disgusting rope-like garbage okay well that's your opinion seth and apparently ice T's opinion is that twizzlers aren't good and you're both fucking wrong <laughs> so uh the female orgasm and licorice candy <laughs> this week on one more thing but i'm down to Thing. This has been episode 59 of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening, uh, whether it be SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, or maybe on YouTube at Jared Buckendall, where you can also find all of Jared's movie reviews, all of his trailer reactions, our episodes of The Ride Home. Uh, Jared just did a new video last week where he is trying to explain to you the plot of movies that he hasn't seen, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a pretty good watch, so uh, maybe we'll link to that in uh in the episode description down below here uh hit, you hit can us also the- subscribe to us on columbia house for only one cent a day so 
What? You remember Columbia House where you could subscribe to pay one cent uh, and you get a bunch of like CDs and then they bill you for them oh, later? Oh, Columbia House Records? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Send us a penny. Uh, we'll link to our Venmo. Send us a penny every day <laughs> to continue to listen or just do it for free uh, wherever it is you can do that. Hit us on the tweets. Our links are down below as well. Uh, and check out the description for details on all of the things we talked about today. Also, don't forget audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Your first 30 days in your first audiobook for free. Free! If you want some stuff to pay for, we have two friends with Etsy shops who also sponsor the show. So make sure you check out Mathis Designs for your graphic design and uh, stationary needs. Paid. Paid indeed. Uh, and if you like Mike's Wood, you can purchase some of that at uh, this, the uh, Etsy shop, Cornfed and Wed. Um, I know he's worked on uh, some beanbag boards that are really fucking cool, and you can get those personalized. So if you want some of Mike's wood, uh, you know where to find it. Wood. Wood, indeed. Uh, Thanks for hanging in with us on a very long episode of The SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael, for The SoHo, Seth Ott, and we will see you next week. Bye.